What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Oh, man, holy moly, it feels good to be back. I just want to say, hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. This comes out on Friday, so happy Thanksgiving. Hope oh. everybody had a nice. Comes hope. out on Friday. That yeah. means tomorrow's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also want to say happy early birthday to Soundman, because yeah. his is on Saturday. Right? Thank because you. Because early now, but late when this comes out? Yeah. No, uh, no his is on before. Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, just kidding. Just still kidding. early, oh. even on the podcast. Happy early, early, early birthday. Yeah, early, yes. early. double early. Double it's early. a double early. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. But we got a great show for early you guys squared, today. Well, squared. hopefully, I can survive my birthday. The hell? Oh, oh, be careful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is a full blown holiday weekend until it, Sunday. It really yeah. is, so, especially yeah. for your birthday. You don't yeah. want Johnny Polis getting you. Oh no, 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 no. But let's get started off with some industry news. Let's talk about Apple signing this multi-year deal with A24. Man, that's going to be crazy because A24 has produced and distributed a lot of big movies that's come out recently. Including uh, last year's uh, Oscar winner. Yeah, yeah exactly. For Best Picture. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a biggie. Um, yeah, seriously. It, it, it's, and it just goes to show that Apple now has made its like move yeah, it's like hey move. no wait yeah we're now that all here. you guys have kind of figured this out we're serious exactly here we come and exactly. and like the, i keep saying they're like the monster in the dark that you can only see their eyes type shit they're just waiting to pounce yeah yeah and for anybody who doesn't know what i was talking moonlight uh moonlight. They, yeah. they were behind moonlight you mean la la land oh. i'm just kidding no. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. oh Damn. Um, also, eighth grade, hereditary, eighth grade, uh, mid nineties, Jonah Hill's uh, new yeah. one coming out, um, Lady Bird, a ghost story, uh, losers, like big ones, yeah, like so really big ones. Yeah, they've Just done a, a few. few. Um, and Apple has signed a multi-year deal with them. So, mm -hmm. and I mean, Apple's got a trillion dollars, exactly. literally, like literally a trillion dollars. So, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a good partnership. Agreed. I'm just waiting for them to come out and say when they're going to start their streaming service, and I'm ready for some actual content because I'm excited. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, li I mean, listen, they've been cherry picking execs, mm -hmm. and I don't think they're done cherry picking execs either because we all know after the merger uh, with Disney, and uh, we already saw it with Dungey going bye bye from uh, yeah. Disney. Yeah, there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of positions that are doubled up. And they're not going to need both. Yeah. And so there's going to be a lot of exits out of Disney. Yeah. You know, either a Disney person or a Fox person that's no longer needed. Right. After that. And I mean, these other little Netflix and, and mm -hmm. Apple and Amazon, they're going to be cherry picking Hell all yeah. these execs that now need homes. Yeah. So, and. Man, I can't wait. But executives that need homes. I mean, hey, look, <laughs> right? I'm just being serious. And these guys are going to want to go after and yeah. prove that they shouldn't have been let go, I yeah. would guess. Yeah. So. Okay, but with that slate, right? I mean, with, with A24 and the slate of stuff that they've done and all that money and you know they're going to be hammering out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because of Disney. Disney. Like, so I want to go down just a little bit here. Uh, Disney, if you guys haven't seen it, 12 movies over the next 12 months. Yeah. 12 movies over the next 12 months. You're talking uh, Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet, The Nutcracker, Mary Poppins Returns, Captain Marvel, Dumbo, the second part of Avengers Infinity War, Aladdin, Toy Story 4, Lion King, Frozen 2, and the next Star Wars. So they basically got the whole year on lock. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like not, they're, they're talking about, and I 
tend to think the industry is right here. It could be conceivably the single most profitable and lucrative 12-month span of yeah. any studio ever. Yeah. I mean, look, we're talking about Captain Marvel, the next Avengers, the mm-hmm. next Avengers movie, Star Wars, and probably, I mean, if you're looking at it, Frozen. Yeah. They're all going to crack a billion dollars. At least. So you're looking at three or four movies, just three or four out of the 12 that yeah. are going over a billion. You're already at, you know, six billion, four or five billion dollars yeah. off of four films. You got eight to go. Right. Like, I think they're going to break, like, you know, yeah. I mean, a half a trillion dollars over the next 12 months. That's where everybody's going, holy shit. Netflix is shitting, Amazon is shit. Mm. They're all going, fuck. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. I mean, especially, I'm really interested to see how the Lion King remake is going to be, the live action one. Yeah. Because that's a great cast attached to it, like Beyonce, uh, Childish Gambino. It's Favreau, though. It is Favreau. Can can we just say, I mean, because I don't think enough people are talking about this. I really kind of feel like Jon Favreau is Disney's golden boy right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Seriously. Marvel, Star Wars. Yeah, he's... Without Favreau, the MCU taking nothing away from Kevin Feige because right. he he's the guy, he's he the is. mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. But Favreau's the one who launched it. Exactly. If Favreau's Iron Man doesn't work, none of it exists. Exactly. So Favreau is the guy, he and is. then like he you know he did the live action uh, Jungle Book, yeah. which was a huge hit. Yeah. Now he's coming back doing the Lion King. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel, and he's he's doing um. The new Star Wars series for their streaming service, yeah. and I feel like he's just like, you know. Yeah. Now, what confuses me about the live action, the term for that now, it's different because what they mean is CGI, right? You well, li- it, yeah, it's live gonna action be, having actors. Yeah, it's gonna have actors with CGI characters, right? Yes. But they're so, not the actual people aren't on screen. I'm not sure if we're gonna see humans in the li- in this Lion King remake. Uh, yes. From what so, I understand, no. I think what, it's a direct yeah. scene he, for scene, right? Because like the Jungle Book, I understood because there was at least one human within it. Right. So yeah. but, like right. but the Beauty definition the of what live it's just interesting to me that right. the definition of live action has changed because it's still technically animated yeah yeah because i don't call i don't call the final fantasy movies live action they're cg movies yeah any cg movie out there was so i just it's just just an aside i think it's an interesting point that the definition of what makes it a live action is changing right yeah as as cg increases i do know though that that we they at uh comic-con they released uh, scene a little bit of a teaser for for the people at Comic Con and it was kind of like the opening sequence and they said it's exact yeah like and the crowd apparently went just freaking yeah. ridiculously crazy because it looked so amazing now good. don't get me wrong it doesn't mean and, I'm any less excited about it yeah. I'm, oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just making just, a yeah, point the, the I just think it's it. Favreau has kind of like I I really kind of found his niche I think yeah, in doing honestly. these like you know I mean. And the beauty about John Favreau, why I respect him so much as a director and a storyteller and fuck, even an actor. I mean, he's a yeah, great seriously. actor too. But he's able to like he can do these blockbusters. Mm-hmm. You know, he did Iron Man and he does like the the Lion King and the Jungle Book and all these kind of things. And then he comes out with Chef. Exactly. Like this just totally <laughs> yeah, indie exactly. no money Netflix, behind it yeah. kind of a thing. And it's brilliant yeah. as Iron Man was. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's a really exactly. talented storyteller, whether well, it just he's seems got a like big budget he's like, or not. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna do the big budget comic book movie action film and so that I but can I can still do, do something. I can do yeah. this thing with heart and a little bit more right. exactly. feeling and a little bit less right. budget. Exactly. And look look uh, 
I mean, if you're not a fan of Favreau, you really should be and go check it because yeah. for two, for two, if go watch Chef first of all, yeah. If you want to know what kind of a storyteller he is or what he can do with an indie film without a budget, watch Chef. It's brilliant. Yeah. And then remember one single thing: if you're a huge MCU fan, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Robert Downey Jr. was not Disney's pick. Exactly. He was supposed to be Tom he, Cruise and, for Iron Man. And, like and. Even after Tom Cruise, it was anybody but Robert yeah. Downey Jr. And it was John Favreau yeah. who said, "No, I'm walking away <laughs> if it's not Robert Downey Jr. I want Robert Downey Jr. If you don't give him to me, I'm walking away. This ain't happening. Yep. And he fought for him. And the studio was kind of like, but we're Disney. And this is kind of PG-13. And he's got a history, drugs, alcohol. He's, you know, jail. Right. And John Favreau apparently was like, yeah, you just described Tony Stark. Yeah, that this that that's his history. Yeah. this is Tony Stark. Exactly. I was he, like, what was their counterpoints yeah. for Tom Cruise? He's crazy. Yeah. He's yeah. he jumps on couches. Like, like um, can we just talk about how short Iron Man would be? Like, right, like, right. I'm just like, saying. You know, they got lifts, man. They got shoe inserts, and, and they stuff. could do what they did in Top Gun. They just put a, a little box, and they yeah, put a little yeah. box underneath, or have him walk on. Yeah, my my favorite is like when he's like you know with Goose. Yeah, you know I don't know how this is transitioned to Tom Cruise, but <laughs> when he's with Goose, you know, and they're eye to eye, or even when he's with Iceman and they're eye to eye or whatever. But especially with Goose, and they're talking and they're like ha 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 doing all their kind of stuff, and then they start walking down the runway, yeah. and then like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's like whatever. you forgot the platform. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he was eye level just a second ago Hell like yeah. now he's like what oh Deuce is gosh. like four feet taller than him but on top gun so news funny. i think they have production delays yeah oh, really? now they went to a production delays so, uh something going on mm. especially uh no tom cruise wants to become a real pilot ah, i thought he mm. was a pilot or at least I he, he wants knows to, how to fly or he wants to fly a, the real thing well mm. his good scientology bunny john uh john travolta yeah I mean, he could teach him. Yeah. He's a he. I mean, no, he, he wants his own he, jet. He's that taking shit. like the Top Gun course. Like I think it was fly, fly like fighter pilot. He wants to be like, a fighter yeah. pilot, which yeah. is ironic in itself because the whole premise of this movie is how the jets are being phased out for yeah. unmanned drones. Yeah. So, mm. 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 but yeah, this all started from Disney. We, Disney. Yeah, we were on <laughs> the Disney. So we'll Disney's dominant. Uh, yeah. So let's okay. Uh, exactly. Because they wanted Tom Cruise. We were talking about. Poignant how it goes from Disney to drones, and that's where it ends. Right, Just right. <laughs> from Just Disney saying. to drones. Disney that sounds like drones. a report, it some does. sort of investigative <laughs> report. From Disney, from Disney to drones. drones. Here we are. We'll go from Disney to drones. So later on our why. conspiracy theory right. podcast, right. we'll be discussing all of this. Tonight oh, on 2020. <laughs> but we, we were talking Trump about to Disney and drones. <laughs> we're talking about how other studios at other places are trying to compete with Disney. So Netflix has partnered with Paramount. And I mean, they have partnered once before back in the day, not really back in the day, a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> Last week. <laughs> yeah, like a while ago for like uh, putting SpongeBob and stuff on Netflix. But apparently, yeah, I, apparently that didn't go so well when that happened. But they still have faith because Paramount is a Viacom company. Right. So yeah. I mean, everything's just going against Disney. Right. And, it, and this one's interesting to me because Netflix, you know, is the dominant streamer. Yeah. And like you just brought up, you know, Paramount is a Viacom company. We all know the history that Viacom is desperately, you know, if the Redstones have their way. Yeah. They want to reacclimate or remerge with or reacquire CBS, right? Who has at this point a really successful streaming service yeah. of their own, CBS yeah. All Access. So what happens? 
Like, are the CBS All Access shows, if it's merged back with Viacom, going to be funneled into Netflix? Yeah, like, are they going to keep it just Paramount stuff? Because, I, I mean, like, what? I, that, it'll be interesting to see how that Or maybe they'll plays do out. maybe what's been going on with Hulu, where you can get premium stuff. It's like, you have Netflix. Oh, if you want CBS All Access, you pay this fee and you access their line. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, yeah. this additional fee. It's yeah. very complicated. Oh, it, it is. is. All different types of possible tier but, systems so many different yeah. I, I really do think though by by the end of the decade it's going to be down to four or five people yeah agreed. it's you know disney and and uh at&t which is warner brothers right um and y- you know probably viacom yeah netflix and then you'll have your stri- uh apples and yeah. amazons and stuff but i really do think that the studio system is going back to classic hollywood where you're gonna see like three or four major players right everything's gonna go through them yep and then it's gonna be a battle for dominance i mean yeah. let's see what you know, happens just... man but i mean it also came out that disney will have are the deal with netflix's deal with disney content ends in 2020 so mm-hmm. all of this stuff will be pulled but they are milking it for as long as they can because oh, yeah. i don't know if anybody else saw christmas day avengers infinity war is going on to netflix yeah yeah and it's also deadpool 2 is supposed to go to netflix also oh yeah. really yeah. i didn't see that um they haven't making a release date but it will go to netflix that's is cool. what i read on the articles yeah. so it's coming to netflix it's just don't know when yet. Yeah. yeah. And our, our for our listeners are like, that's not, that's 20th Century Fox. Well, that's Disney. Yeah. That merger. Right. That like, merger's a done deal. That's happening. Yeah. And so by the time Deadpool Tool goes to Netflix, it'll be Disney. Exactly. Um, Yeah. It, it really, like, it makes you think even more so that maybe that the cancellations of a couple of the Marvel shows yeah. were, I mean, think about the timing. Okay. Because they just wrapped up on Daredevil season three, right? Right. Jessica Jones and Punisher have already finished. Yeah. So we got Punisher season two and Jessica Jones season three coming. Yeah. That means by the time they were to go into production and then post and then have it come out, yeah. it would be past the deadline yeah. from when Disney's deal is done with them. Exactly. So were they canceled because they knew they were not going to make the deadline of yeah. 2020 before the release dates? Mm. I, I mean, now it's starting so to this, go, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. so 2020 deal also affects the Netflix Marvel shows? Yeah. yeah. It, initially, no, but then Disney changed their mind. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Now, like, all that storyline, yeah. though, is just going to fall down yeah. though and then, unless they pick it back up with their own streaming service. and then uh j-lo and i were talking about this the other day and we'll kind of just like bring it back a little bit with disney and stuff. there's another major deal that's about to end with disney yeah. and marvel that could affect huge things and that's uh the, the spider-man the spider-man deal mm. um the next Avengers and the sequel to Spider-Man are yeah. the final two films in that deal yeah. that allowed Spider-Man to be in the MCU. Yeah. And the person who negotiated that deal with Disney and Marvel is no longer at Sony. Mm. So, See what and happens. they're trying to build with Venom their own Spider-Man universe. Yeah. It's hard to build a Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man, and currently Spider-Man's not allowed to be in that universe. Right. So when that deal is up... Mm. I just don't want him to get rid of Tom Holland, man. He's yeah. the perfect Spider-Man. Yeah, he really is. I feel like that somebody has to be on that right Seriously. now, working that deal yeah, out. Be prepared. Yeah, scary this stuff. This is need a partnership deal for stuff. Oh, this oh, is all cool. needed. Yeah, but it was only for the five movies. Yeah. And then, 
Man, we, we shall see. We shall see. But still keeping with Netflix, the University of Michigan did a study, a small study, I should say, uh, that showed that 13 Reasons Why has had some negative impact on young people, especially some depressed people. Now, this is my opinion, but I feel like everybody's valued to their own opinions. So maybe they persuaded them or made them say certain things. I don't know. I don't know. But I think 13 Reasons Why opens up the conversation to teen suicide, teen pregnancy, which was about to happen, we think, and um, school shooting, which happened last uh, season. So Yeah. Well, you said they this made depressed people depressed? Like, no, like the show had a negative impact on young people. So okay. it could be causing depression yeah. amongst young people. But I'm with you. I, I feel like it's, I, for me, in my opinion, it had the opposite effect. And I guarantee you I could line up a bunch of people and do a survey that would tell you it had a positive effect right. on them. I feel like these surveys are, are, well, are they did a survey, geared towards the way you ask questions or yeah. the way you... You can get anybody to say something you right. want them to say based on what you ask them. Yeah. And, I mean... Was a survey taken at Michigan State too? I wonder if well, they used first a of all, it's the University of Michigan. <laughs> never, Sorry. never the Wolverine a Spartan bro. with a Wolverine, yeah. bro. That Sorry. just doesn't happen, okay? Oh, shit. That happens one more time. You're out of here, okay? <laughs> just never go blue. <laughs> Fuck the Spartans. Okay, now that we're clear on that, I thought you were from New York. Oh, why you? Care? I know. Doesn't this not make any sense? <laughs> he's from. Okay. He's... I'm surprised at the passion that's coming from behind. Because me. while I was indeed born in New York and I am a Cuse fan, I am a lifelong Cowboys and Michigan fan. Why? Right. Because I am. <laughs> <laughs> you lived in neither Michigan nor Texas, hey, and yet you uh, have Dustin. such devotion. I have the right <laughs> to choose whatever team I want. Okay. As a young man, right. a kid. Hold on. Oh, okay. Never mind. I chose these teams. I was going to jump on the young man. And I'm not, okay. listen, yeah. I'm not a bandwagon guy. I I am with those teams, whether they win, whether they lose, yep. and they've both been losing pretty hard the last decade That's or true. so, okay? So I am a fan. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, I hey. am just right. saying. You know who's also pissed off? Terminator 2, bro. That's right. T2 through whatever, T1000, Robert Patrick, he will whoop your ass. <laughs> oh, God. He is a Michigan fan. He is a fan of this show. Hey, uh, hey do you know what's happening? Do you know what's happening Saturday? At, well, the day after this podcast, uh, day after or tomorrow what? on the podcast? Go Buckeyes. It's the uh, rivalry oh, game. Oh, damn. Get out. We're going to have to finish this show without sound, man. Like Tavia said last week, I'm going to punch you in the That's face. Right. <laughs> Tavia, punch you in the face. I, I, I don't care enough about this to oh, punch in the face. Hey, hey, buck you. Uh, <laughs> all right, no. Now. Okay, we'll now, get back, back to it. To uh, hey, hey, 13 yeah. reasons why. I feel like my feisty has rubbed off on the whole entire group. <laughs> yeah, uh, it has. No, listen. Well, I, no, what, what I was saying to, was, did they use? To, you see, did they use college we do students? A survey on what happens when you know Michigan fans get hit with Buckeye and Spartan shit, oh and God. it would be negative. Yeah. But anyway. No, I'm just I saying. Did they did it, <laughs> it makes me think of the old joke. You know, they say that 75% of all survey statistics are made up. Right. Including right. the one I just said. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. See? So, but but if you have a it, bunch of like college maybe. students who are underneath a lot of stress, a lot of them are feeling right. more depression now, right. especially in the culture that we're having right now, mm-hmm. especially um, if they went to a lot of uh, people in, in transition of their own sexuality or in their gender and you interview them saying okay did you watch 13 reasons why and yes what it fell on you made me feel sad or depressed 
I'm like, well, you're already a stressed out college student. Right. Or we're talking about high school students. The most stressful time of a person's life well, is in high school. And what school. you just what you just did, and I feel like they do this in political polls all the time. Yeah, you just asked the question in a way that would solicit a response that says yes, they're depressed. Right. When you watched Thirteen Reasons Why, did you feel depressed? Right. That's implying. To, yeah. to solicit a, I was depressed when I watched the show. Right. Yeah. Or if, if you were reversed it and the question was phrased in, while watching 13 Reasons Why, did you feel a sense of relief that you could now talk about a subject that bothered you? The response would be, I had an open dialogue right. and it made me feel better. Exactly. It's, it's, it's how the question is posed yeah. and you can make any survey say whatever you want. Yeah. I really don't feel like there's enough skepticism or cynicism around statistics when they come out. People will just... Spoon feed it to themselves like yeah, it's right. oh okay I I you know totally accept this as unbiased and completely you know and like people don't think about all the different ways that it can be biased or it can be um, I guess misconstrued in some ways or whatever people don't think about that well, here, until it goes to Family Feud and then they hear a survey <laughs> that went the all <laughs> other way that makes um, here's the thing though why can't it be both like right. yeah like I, I think there's a valid point on both sides of this argument. I think that it could be traumatizing for someone to watch it. Right. Okay? Which is why, and Lil' Cam was younger when the first season was out, um, when it when it first came out and I was watching it, I'm like, you know, I immediately called Emily and said, look, I know you're, a, you know, a grown teenager, you're about to be an adult, you know, and all that. Don't watch it by yourself. I yeah. do not want you to watch this by yourself. Because I get the point that it could be traumatizing and difficult to right. watch. That said, I also followed that up with, let's watch it together so we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So why can't it be, an yeah, open, it might be traumatizing, but it's also exactly. good for to start an open dialogue and a conversation right. about well, what you just saw. And I think that the emotional response is part of the point. It's supposed right. to make you feel it's, sad and, exactly. and put yourself in somebody else's perspective or, or even open up a, a, a perspective that you're afraid to talk about, like you were saying, you know... Um, that it maybe it's supposed to kind of make you feel sad and depressed. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's encouraging people to take bad or harmful actions out of that, right. out, out of those feelings. Right. right. And, and you know, I thought what I thought season one did extremely well, somewhat in season two, but what season one did, I thought extremely well was show that you don't know what is going on in somebody's life. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you, they might look like everything is fine, but you do not know what's going Her parents didn't yeah. know exactly. what was going on in her life. So I thought they did a really good job of, listen, you may have a friend that you think is the happiest person on the planet. Mm -hmm. They're always smiling. They're always giving you a hug and telling you right. how great things are. And they could be just literally dying in exactly. chaos when they walk away from you. And like, you know, it, it, so anything I think that opens a dialogue that Agreed. says it's okay to feel that way, yeah. talk to somebody. Right. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, so I agree completely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll do another survey and kind of like yeah, you know, say that. Exactly. We'll see what happens. We'll see what yeah. happens. But I like the show. <laughs> uh, Dick Van Dyke just came out with something today, as in Wednesday, saying that he paid and convinced Walt Disney so that he could play a second part in the Mary Poppins movie. He paid Walt Disney $4,000 so he could play that part. Oh wow! What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and it was a banker. I I don't even remember the banker. I mean, that's 
like how good yeah right? so like, i remember chim chimney chim chimney chim chim chiru that's what i remember dick van dyke yeah, and mary poppins yeah yeah he but was, yeah. and he was then yeah he played he was dressed up as a really old man and no one even knew like this interview just came out today, I believe. So, so this is I mean, confusing to me, right? God bless so now we gotta go back. Like and I don't even understand. God bless Dick Van Dyke. He could play the banker again now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not have to, not have to put all that makeup on, the and then they can use now. that fancy CGI and redo him as the younger guy. Oh, could, there I mean, it is. So <laughs> live action. It's crazy times. Man. <laughs> I was kind of hoping though, when I saw this article, I would keep reading, and you would hear where like Disney donated know, it to charity. No, like he took Dick's money and put it away. Thanks. Man, I'll take that dick. four grand. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Like, he wanted to play the character so, so much bad, that yeah. he paid Walt Disney. And I it. love it. At the end, he's very emphatic at the end of the article. And, and I'd do it again. Yeah. He, he, he says was he, like, I'd pay him again to yeah. play it. I mean, like, so. so. Yeah. I have. I'm interested in the remake, though. I think that'll be. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I saw, we were talking about this earlier, too. I saw something from uh, Julie Andrews because everybody's kind of wondering, uh, you know, do Dick and Julie have cameos in it or whatever? And yeah. I saw, and, and I don't know. I don't know the answer. I was to wondering that. now. I wonder if they do. I did see Julie Andrews in an interview kind of say that she didn't think it would be right to have a cameo in it because Mary Poppins, the character itself, is so iconic and so identifiable. And she said that that Emily Blunt has done just an amazing job of being Mary Poppins, that she wouldn't want to be seen in it because she would immediately be Mary Poppins because everybody identifies her. And she didn't want to do that to Emily Blunt and or the movie by trying to uh, distinguish, well, but that's Mary Poppins. This isn't Mary Poppins. And so I don't know if we're going to see her in the film. She was very adamant about Mary Poppins should be Mary Poppins and you shouldn't have two Mary Poppins. But after hearing that, like, I can't wait to see the new one. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see her performance. I mean, everybody, the critics, everybody's saying Emily Blunt nailed it. Yeah. Like, she's, you know, uh, which, and it is a continuation for anybody who thinks it's a reboot or a remake. It is not. It is a continuation, even more so why I think Julie Andrews Mm. is like, Uh, no, this is supposed to be just the continuation of the story. So. was such a like a groundbreaking movie in its own time just in how they did it with the mix of the animation and the live action yeah. that was i don't think that had really ever been done before that movie no, no. So. well you know what's it, that there's a movie come about tom the hanks. lady yeah, yeah saving tom, saving yeah. mr banks mm-hmm. and it goes into that and mm-hmm. the the writer of creator of mary poppins no part of it yeah she was pissed that this is how the movie was yeah she was like you're doing what there's gonna be dancing penguins there's gonna be animated you're doing this is not what i signed on for and disney was like well but you signed it yeah i'm doing what i want with it and this is what we're gonna do and she was in a fight legally verbally out in public everywhere trying to stop it from happening and i'm dying and then when she saw it she was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm See, okay with this." If you know, if you're not connected to the project or you're not connected to the film industry, and you try to, the way that like you describe things to people, sometimes it sounds silly. Like even when I've right. talked about ideas I've had, I'm like, right. I know "This sounds dumb," but I have this idea. And then if you sometimes you, it's hard to understand what they're where they're going with it until you see it, or right. until right. You, you're a part of right. it, or you can visualize it exactly. just through the language. Well, I mean, the and and. You know, Disney was crafty. I think the movie did a pretty good job of showing that he did kind of. Yeah. Maybe bamboozle her a little bit, yeah. you know. But I mean, yeah. you know, it worked out in the end. Yeah. It's all good in the I, end. I, loved I mean, it. I love it's Mary an Poppins. iconic film, exactly. and like you know, the rest is history, as exactly. they say. But 
Uh, that's a great film, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Disney took a lot of training from P.T. Barnum. Like, he wasn't trained directly, but took a lot of advice from P.T. Barnum mm. on how to present and how to, to entertain and how to get money out of people and how to bamboozle a little. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I that, that. come on. Clearly yeah. it works. I mean, that's everybody. Yeah. yeah. Just go yeah. out and grab, like, some P.T. Barnum's advice. I mean, he was scamming people yeah. and taking their money a long, long time ago, and... Still kind of. I mean, the things you learn on the show, I had no idea that Disney knew Hugh Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. Just kidding. Just kidding. uh, We were talking about Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) earlier with Iron Man and everything. Well, apparently, uh, Disney and Hulu has given him the green light to develop a pilot for a comic book adaptation of Sweet Tooth. Now, I looked up Sweet Tooth, and some people describe it as Mad Max meets Bambi. What? What? Yeah, I have. Yeah. And so, d- from from hearing that description, though, is there a better person to do this than, than Robert, Robert Downey <laughs> Jr., <laughs> who know. basically is Mad Max who met Bambi? Yeah. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know because I don't understand what that means. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm okay. Guessing... Have you seen any Mad Max movie? Yeah. So desert wasteland, people fighting all the time. I'm thinking Bambi more cuteness, psychotic. Warrior, lunatic. That's what it looks like. Hardcore guy yeah. who's really just a big softy with a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Like oh, Bambi. Okay. Like so, Bambi. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like. But it's like maybe, this deer know. mixed with a human type person. So it's like literally like mixing the deer. Yeah. 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 Like, oh. Yeah. It's a, it was a limited series in the Marvel comics. So, I mean, we, oh. we shall see. And, and it, look, look, it's all. Right, it, I mean, I feel like he is now the godfather of the MCU. Seriously, I won't say Marvel because no. rest in peace. That Stan and will always of be course. Stan. Of but of the MCU, I mean, he's Marvel's golden boy. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And Disney's, yeah, like because Hulu. This is a Hulu deal. Yeah, <laughs> but Hulu is now predominantly owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Well, and they just... are really tight with Robert Downey Jr. Exactly. And this was an old Marvel comic book, yeah. and now they're going to give it to the MCU God. Yeah, and give it to. I mean, you could see that in between the uh, first Avengers movie and Iron Man three, where he started complaining, especially Avengers, about his hub scenes where he's inside the helmet. He has to film all that afterwards, mm-hmm. and he's not really talking to anybody it's just talking to himself and just hearing uh feedback right. from what was filmed earlier and he was having a hard time that's why you see him now there's not so many hub scenes yeah, there's a it's lot of scenes without him, the mask yeah, yeah. Helmet is just, yeah he's just out on yeah. the helmet talking back and forth in the suit now, the yeah. single the single best story i ever heard to to really put into perspective the importance of Robert Downey Jr. with Marvel and Disney yeah. and leads to this Hulu deal with the, the show and everything, is apparently while they were filming in Georgia uh, for, I want to say it was Civil War, uh, his dog mm-hmm. got sick because it story. missed Robert Downey Jr. He was missing Robert Downey Jr., missing the family and everything. And so... Uh, you know, a lot of the people involved with the production and everything it, it were asked, well, just, you know, bring him out here, you yeah. know, let him be. And, and and they were like, no, no, he's very, he's, he's very particular about his home. You know, he's got his own little room and he likes it. He's very, you know, he wants to be in his environment and he doesn't like it when he's not in his environment and when I'm not around and everything. So Disney literally purchased a place or rented a place and then had the the prop people and the and the construction people and everything literally build an exact replica of the inside of Robert Downey Jr.'s house. 
so the dog and would be okay. And then flew the dog out here to yeah. be with Robert inside his own environment so that he would not feel bad anymore. It's pretty epic. That's like, a lot of money uh, yeah. that they spent to make the dog feel better yeah, seriously. because it was missing RDJ. Yeah. But that's how important RDJ is to them. They're yeah. like, no, nah, no, nah, fuck it. Fly nah, the dog out. Fly, build the fine. house. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, so. But, I mean, that's a pretty epic story on what Robert means to the MCU and everybody at Disney. But so. if, you, if you, on the flip side of that, the return of loyalty mm-hmm. by every single person in the MCU yeah. back to Disney. Yeah. They refer to them as family. Yeah. These people go out together. They're all like in, I mean, they're, they are one huge giant, yeah. except for Mark who didn't get the tattoo. Gosh. Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Gosh. Well, maybe we have religious reasons not to get a tattoo. I mean, you never know. You never know. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> this, this, uh, it gets a pilot, so we shall see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Man Deer. Man Deer. Mad Max meet with Bam- or Mad Max and Bambi yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, John Favreau? John Favreau could be like Thumper, <laughs> like the little fat guy. I mean, I'm just saying it would be cute. I mean, come on, Favreau's I mean, affectionate. Just to bring up John Favreau again, I just watched the epi- the episodes with him and Friends, so I just had to put that out there. Right? See, he's he, a great he, actor. He's a great too. actor too. Yeah. Great actor too. Wait, who was he in Friends? He was Monica's boyfriend. I forget his name. Pete Becker. Pete ah. Becker. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah right. the MMA guy that That's gets right. his ass beat like five times. But anyway, um, damn, little John just opened up his second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, what? Just opened up his second school in Ghana. The Atlanta rapper has reportedly contributed around half or half of fifty. What am I trying what, to say? What are a quarter of a million dollars. A million dollars to help start up these elementary school teachers. It's half of it's 50% half of, half of a half million, million, million dollars, which is a quarter million. <laughs> Thank you. That's math. <laughs> Fractions, bro. They um, suck. <laughs> yeah, they do. If you have half of a half of a whole, how much is it? <laughs> he just had way too many shots. Shots. Uh, shots. Shot, we shot. didn't even have margaritas we this week. We did what it. The? I don't know. Blaine right. fart. Like, that's really what that was. But that's. The good awesome. news is, is now you can be a producer. Yeah, I know, right? Like, you should. <laughs> but it's so freaking awesome that he spent so much time over in Africa and in Ghana to that is... give back to the kids. Because they're both elementary schools. So, I mean, everybody deserves an education, especially in rural countries like that. So, Well, you know, and, and the hip-hop community, I don't think enough people talk about it. I mean, even, like, whatever he's calling himself these days, uh, P. Diddy or Sean Combs or, Sean, you know, Puff Daddy or whatever the fuck he calls himself right. these days, he has contributed a shit ton, like millions of yeah. dollars to the school system in, in urban cities, yeah. like buying new computer labs. Uh-huh. And like, there a lot of the hip hop community does that. Yeah. You know, they're also, in, also in, remembering so, uh, Oprah. She does a lot of uh, elementary schools over there. She does, but I had no idea Oprah was in the hip-hop community. Well, it wasn't, but it's the same. (laughs) MC Oprah. MC, but she could be. That's the thing. She could be. She's Oprah. Exactly. She could do anything. Yeah, Yeah, you know she could drop a rap. Like It'd be all right. Oprah could come out with a country album, and people would still buy it. Seriously. Well, I wasn't saying just the rap community, but in Ghana, I remember she was opening elementary schools in Ghana, too. That's awesome. It's true. No, you're absolutely right. And like, If Oprah did do that, though, like I mean... 
you know, Gail would totally be her, like, you know, DJ, yeah, right. Like, I mean, sure. she, oh she'd I be back there him. spinning and scratching yeah. like Gail. Because I mean, Oprah. I mean, like, I mean, and who can make it rain like Oprah? Yeah, it's I true. mean, come oh, on, no. it's true. Man. Everybody, look under your seats. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dollar bills, y'all. It's like under the seats. Like, Stand the fuck up and grab your thousand dollars. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't be just a thousand dollars. They would all be in the gun too, oh, ready to God. shoot oh, out the thousand dollars. Oprah goes gangster. That, I mean, come on. <laughs> See, this, this is gone? why Oprah needs to come <laughs> on the show. Know. Seriously, Oprah needs to come on the show and talk about this because this would be epic. Yeah, it really what would she would call be. herself though? I don't know. Mama O, Mama O. Uh, you know, I, I mean, O to the P, O to the P. She, whatever it would be, she would be the original O something. Like, if she wanted to do gangster rap, yeah. she would no doubt be the OG. Yeah. Because, I mean, she puts yes. the O in OG. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm so, just saying. <laughs> something else that I saw about the hip-hop community giving back. Uh, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian just gave like half a, half a million dollars, half a million dollars to the wildfires <laughs> in California. Oh, so, cool. I mean, Straight up, even though he's crazy, yeah. still giving back. Yeah. 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 I mean, see, because that actually helps. Yeah. Unlike... Raking exactly. the forest floors. Yeah, exactly. He's a dumbass. Just, uh, I, yeah, yeah. Nope, nope. let's on. not go there. No, what an so idiot. Anyway. So anyway, uh, also other people who are against Kanye West. Taylor Swift <laughs> just signed a deal with. <laughs> Give me that trophy. Hey, look, I'm going to interrupt <laughs> you for a second. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. oh, there it is. Uh, I was like, what is well he doing? Done. I see. I see. Well done. I just want to say Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. That's exactly how he sounds, too. It's true. Like, no, it's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Taylor Swift finally signed a deal. She finally found a home with Warner Music, right? Uh, Universal Music. Universal group. Music. Yep. That's Universal what it is. Universal Music. Group. And she gets to own all of her masters. Holy shit. Yeah. That's Not huge. only was she banking on the royalties because she's the songwriter. Right. So she was already getting royalties from, like, you know, as the songwriter. Yeah. But in music, I mean, first of all, you need that. Because if you're the songwriter, like, ask Dolly. Yeah. You know, when Whitney sang, I, I Will Always Love You. Yeah. You know, and everybody was like, don't you feel bad that her version's better? She's like, mm-mm. Nope. Nope. No, no. I, My I, bank account I, feels just I'm fine. I'm banking. <laughs> yeah. Like, all the way. You just exactly. keep singing, Whitney. Exactly. That's exactly what she... Get. But, so Taylor's already getting... Because she writes all of her own songs. Yeah. So she's already banking on the royalties from... As being the songwriter. Yeah. But in the industry, it's all about the master. Who exactly. owns the song. Exactly. Like, uh, and she will, apparently. Yeah, so, right. Paul McCartney was really upset because a lot of the Beatles stuff was owned by Michael Jackson and he had After no he control. Yeah. Him. yeah. Wow. Let's yeah. do a couple of duets together. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like he bought and, and then I'm going to jack your elbow. You know, jack all of it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that, Quincy's shady, man. I, it might have been Quincy. <laughs> Behind it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he, maybe. He, he's pretty shady. I mean, but I mean, f- like, so basically, Taylor Swift is like a, a gazillionaire. Yeah. I and mean, she's about to be in another movie. She's about to be in the Cats movie. I know that's been yeah. rumored for a while, but yeah. I mean, people are starting to be cast. Look, like, you say, you know, because I feel like I feel like Taylor's just one of those people, like Hillary Clinton mm, or like anybody, where there's what? like it, where it's, are you going? It's yeah, a great a great divide. Okay, you either like are hardcore love Taylor yeah. or you fucking hate everything yeah. about her. There's like no middle ground. Okay. you know. Yeah. So, Wait, but I'm that. sitting she's on the middle ground. I don't absolutely hate her, but I'm not gonna listen to her music. 
Well, then you fucking hate her. I know I'm hate her. You can only be one. No. If you don't listen to her music, Tavia will punch you in the face. No. Um, I, I know a guy that was in one of her music videos. Really? Oh. Shout out. His oh. name's Sean O'Pry. We went they, to see and sell camp together when we were like eight. And he's wow. a model now. Wow. Nice he's a model now. He Shout really out is. Now. He was like on like GQ and shit. That's wow. epic. Like for, for real though, she she is a very polarizing figure. Yeah. Like you really either do kind of like like everything yeah. or just don't, yeah. you know? Sean O'Pry said she was awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, but look at whatever, however you think about her, though, you can't deny the fact that she genuinely seems to be a good person right. as far as she's consistently given to charities. Yeah. She's consistently fans. Did y'all see that punked episode where she thought she ruined someone's wedding? Yeah. Oh my she goodness. felt so bad. Yeah. Like she was legitimately sad. like, we have to do something uh, about right. this. And in her guest <laughs> hosting on SNL, she did a pretty decent job. Her acting yeah. wasn't. No, great, her acting but... was pretty good. And, um, but the thing, I mean, you're talking about a person who, like, if a fan sends her a letter, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Taylor goes out of her way to, like, like personally go to these fans or yeah. deliver something to these fans, uh, you know, kind of a thing. I mean, she she seems to be a, a genuinely decent person. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like her because, you know, she, like... For some reason or another. Uh, intentionally, like, I guess screws over relationships to have songs Apparently. but that's the rumor yeah. i mean maybe not but yeah. yeah you know maybe maybe <laughs> that's where she gets her muse her muse is from breakup yeah. relationships aren't easy no they're not no. she's been with this and especially in the industry though. oh really yeah. industry um relationships yeah, yeah. i mean i, mean, I can imagine true. i mean when her and john mayer got together i was like <laughs> bullshit yeah, because like, yeah, no. they're both players. Like, well, get and, out of here. and Tom Hiddleston. What um, was that all yeah, about? Like, no idea. What? No, no. I was not expecting but, that. Um, shit. I guess I heard about that afterwards. As I just recently heard about. Her anyway, and Tom the, this yeah. is the reason I brought up like the kind of person that she appears to be or whatever. Apparently, one of the stipulations for this contract um, is that Universal, like a lot of the other music labels, owns a huge chunk of uh, stock yeah. in Spotify. And, you know, now that Spotify is kind of making all these conversions and doing these different things, a lot of the music labels are, are bailing. Yeah. And, um, but the stock's at a pretty decent price. Right. So one of the stipulations that Taylor insisted upon before she signed the contract is that Universal had to agree that anytime they sell any of their shares in Spotify, the money has to be distributed amongst their artists. Yeah. Not just her, yeah. but all of their artists. Wow. And I mean, that that's pretty like yeah. significant. You're it like is. saying, hey, look, I'm not just looking out for me. I'm, I'm telling you, if everybody. you sell your shares in Spotify, you got to give that money to all of your stable yeah. of people, you know, because it's their money. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I thought that would, took a lot of... But, you know, remember she did that to Apple, basically, yeah. when she said, no, I'm exactly. not backing down. You're not playing my shit. And yeah. they backed down. They did. That's a trillion-dollar company. They yep. backed down to Taylor. Yeah. Like, I mean, exactly. so she's got some power, and I think she knows how to use it. Mm-hmm. And she appears to use it not just for her own self, yeah. but for other artists. Yeah. So I, I yeah. like her. I yeah. think she's a good person. Yeah. She seems to be very smart. We and just she's want young. you to be happy, Taylor. And I always we give credit to any love. any real artist out there who, well, I'm, I'm sorry, let me retract the real part, but any artist out there who's willing to ma- to write their own songs, sing their own music. Right. right. A lot of artists, it's like five writers and then five people doing this, and then you just come in and performing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that performing is not an art of itself, but it takes a little bit away when you're not the creative force behind right. that art. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, uh, agreed. And I mean... And the downside to that, which she also does very well, is when it misses, 
You got to own up. All right, now it is time for our guest segment. We have the one and only Sean Colin Young. You might have seen him in stuff like True Detective, Godless, Santa Clarita, Diet. Oh, man, it's going to be really fun to talk to him today. He also just had a movie come out called Heart Baby, which our buddy Clint went up and saw the yeah. premiere of that in New York. Yep, it's going to be it. Uh, this is like um, a really interesting story. And, yeah. Uh, Heart Baby, a true story. And uh, But yeah, I'm really excited to talk uh, to Sean because he's got a really interesting story of coming up and the way he got into acting and um, the story just behind Heart Baby itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, especially so, how he connected with that film. It's going to be great. Yeah. And in New Orleans, shot in New Orleans. Yeah. So um, pretty excited about this yeah. one. Let's do it. Hello. Hey, is this Dustin? It is. Is this Sean? Hey, how's it going? It's going well, man. How are you? Hey, I got another day. I did something right. Hey, yeah. there you go. That's how we feel. Listen, man, first of all, thanks for joining us today. I mean, I know it's the crazy Thanksgiving holiday week and everything. Probably got a lot going on, but we really appreciate you coming and talking to us, man. Yeah, seriously. Oh, please. I appreciate you guys having me. I mean, I'm honestly so impressed that you guys do what you do because it's so hard to like get people to show up and to talk and like get this thing published and all of those things. And so I just really want you guys to know, I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank wow. you, man. Thank I you mean, for that's a great that. compliment and we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, no uh, problem. Listen, I am, I am really excited to talk to you today. Um, your story is, uh, one that I think is important to get out there. Um, reading your background and doing our research on you. And uh, I just want to come right out of the gate. Thank you for all the kind words you just said about us. And I'm going to say something. Um, I read Radioactive, and wow, uh, that was an impressive piece of writing. And we're going to get into it about what it's about. But um, I'm going to make sure that we post and share that with as many people as we possibly can. Definitely. Um, Please do. I think I think that that the way you wrote it, and, and because the 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 subject matter itself is difficult, but the way you wrote it and and the passion in which you can clearly tell you wrote it with, um, is just phenomenal, man. And I, I can't I can't tell you enough how how moving it was. It's really heartfelt too. Yeah, just yeah, really good. Yeah, and um, so yeah, we're really excited to kind of to kind of get in and talk about the movie and and, and talk about what you got going on. Um, first Thanks. though, I really appreciate that, guys. Oh yeah, no problem at all. And uh, first, how we kind of do it? It's a very uh, round the table kind of a discussion, more so than a Q and A. And you got myself and Logan here, along with Tavia, Emily, and Chris. Um, Logan, Tavia, Emily, and Chris. Yes. What's up? <laughs> hey. We get crazy inside this farm. <laughs> you know, it, it, an ant farm's no good with one ant, man. You know, you got to have a bunch of them. This so. is true. This is true. Uh, <laughs> um, so what we kind of do first is just kind of, for all of our listeners, just kind of uh, do a little intro about, tell us basically about how you kind of got started in the industry and, you know, a little bit early on about, you know, some of the stuff that you, um, you know, you worked on and, and was it something you always wanted to do? And, and like I said, the story itself is just amazing. So I definitely want the listeners to hear that. And then we just kind of go from there, man. We'll talk about your projects and we'll definitely get into the heart baby movie and, um, a lot of the cool. stuff that you got going on do you right guys, now. Do you guys want to have a link to the film so you can actually see it? 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, that would, that be, would be brilliant. This would be like top secret super sneak peek. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we would oh, just pretend that, that you like were like secret. at the New York premiere or something. Well, oh, li- <laughs> listen, man, listen. I want to tell you real yeah, quick before we get started that. with speaking of the New York premiere, uh, a really good friend of ours and an, uh, a former uh, guest on the show and a, a fellow actor of yours, um, Clint James, saw the premiere in New York last night, and he was blown away. He told me to tell you that the performance is Oscar worthy in his opinion oh, wow. and that you were phenomenal yeah. um, wow. and well done. And he wanted to pass along his congratulations and tell you hello. So that's Clint James. Thank you. Um, yeah. I remember Clint. He's a good, he's a good man. Thank really? you. Yeah. Really like yeah. And he said the same about you, uh, spoke very highly of you, but wanted to definitely pass along his message. He was blown away by the performance, man. Oscar worthy, he says. So yeah, we would love to see it. Awesome. Well, then I will make sure that I, uh, I'll i have Lisa send you guys this, uh, the link and the password. Awesome. Appreciate that, man. So yeah, let's no get problem. started. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your, your beginning in the acting and how you got started in New Mexico, right? You were born in New Mexico, right? I was actually born in Colorado. But lived raised, in New Mexico. But raised in New Mexico, right, yeah. My go. dad was a jockey racehorse trainer and... Uh, I was raised on the racetrack. I thought I was going to grow up and be a jockey, but I got too tall. (laughs) (laughs) Life happened, and I decided to gamble my life another way, which was by becoming an actor. And it was one of those things that I had, you know, discovered in third grade doing this little school play. But it really wasn't until high school when I um, fully like fell in love with it, and I started to, to see that. I had a place to express myself and be heard and be seen. And, you know, given what I, I share in the piece radioactive, I think you get an idea of, of why that was because my entire life, as I mentioned, I have been pretending to be somebody else. And so it was a survival skill that became part of my natural way of, um, moving through the world. And, uh, when I, was getting ready to graduate there was only the one thing that i could think about was storytelling right now mind you i i honestly went to conservatory for acting because at that moment in time i wanted to be an fbi agent (laughs) okay and i wanted to be a spy i wanted to go undercover and in my crazy little world i thought (laughs) okay i have to have a degree to get accepted into the academy i will go to school to get a degree in acting and be the best spy that's ever existed that's so awesome that was literally my game plan oh my goodness somebody (laughs) should write a movie about that that is a great game plan yeah and then uh and then of course college happened and you know some drugs and some drinking and debauchery and that kind of flew out the window yeah yeah well (laughs) that's how i got started so let's talk about that a little bit because uh, you you know i I think it is uh, important because i think after reading that and and listening to you talk there's a lot of people out there that might be going through a similar situation. And I think your willingness to open up and talk about it, not just with the film that we're going to be talking about in a little bit, but like in Radioactive and talking about the, the upbringing um, is important. And and I think a huge help to people that may be going through something similar. Um, you kind of talk about how acting became a way for you to basically escape and or be somebody you thought people wanted you to be. 
Um, and, and, and to be for all of our listeners out there that, that don't know, um, you, you are a gay man and you had a hard time early on with that. Um, finding acceptance, you, you, you had to go through some bullying and, um, wasn't always easy for you young. And so that's what we're talking about when we say that you, you kind of found acting, acting as an escape to maybe kind of to, to be something or, or a way to be something you thought that people wanted you to be. And, um, I like how you kind of identified it as the struggle was so intense to me uh, that forced yourself into relationships with women, forced yourself to have sex with women or do the things because you felt like that's what people needed you to be or what you had to be. And, um, let's talk about that a little bit because I, I, like I said, I just think there are probably so many people out there that could, that could learn from and, or, or take something from, your your ability to share and kind of talk about how you were able to work through that. You mentioned the drugs and the alcohol and the tough time that you had kind of, you know, spiraling, spiraling down that path. So let's talk about yeah. that a little bit and how you got out of it. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I grew up surrounded by very masculine uh, role models. My dad, like I said, was a jockey racehorse trainer. He's like the epitome of the marble man. Right. Very quiet, quiet, silent type. So I had that as as a figure. And then I had my brother who was an all-state linebacker. And it was one of those things that I was always overtly sensitive. And I was very compassionate towards other people to a point where it, I was always made fun of. And they were like, you're way too sensitive. Man up, man up. And as I started to go through my adolescence, you know, people were recognizing things about me that I I didn't know or wasn't aware of, like my homosexuality that I had no idea. Because here I was just this innocent little boy who is just being his authentic self, right? Mm -hmm. And then the world kept telling me, there's no, there's something wrong with you. Stop acting like that. Stop crying. Stop Mm -hmm. being such a pussy. Stop being a little faggot. And as I grew up and went through my teens, that became more and more violent to the point where it was a near daily occurrence in middle school. Mm. I was also going home and my brother and I had a tumultuous relationship. He was seven years older than me. And, you know, it became very violent at times because in his mind at that time, the only way that he knew to help me from the way he had been taught as a boy was to toughen me up Mm. by, by beating me up. Right. And he always he always said, like, we're cool now. We've made amends. It's all good. But in that moment, like he said, he was like, I didn't know how else to help you. I just wanted you to fight back. And, you know, as as that got more and more intense um, and I struggled more and more to hang on to any sense of self, I decided it was best if I just erased myself. And so I started adopting hetero norms, you know, and I started expressing myself as a quote unquote man should express. I learned how to lower my voice. I had a really high pitched voice. And so I trained my voice to be lower. I started moving and running like the other boys. I started dressing more, you know, as the other kids would dress just so I could be accepted. And then because I had all these girls around me who were constantly, you know, feeling safe and whatever, I just went to dating them because it was easier for me to blend in right in a world where 
I, I had no other choice. Right. And, uh, you know, it got so bad because I couldn't understand what was happening in my mind that I deep depression, anxiety, um, attempted a couple times on my life. Um, mm. one of which my parents, God bless them, you know, followed me to a highway where I tried to jump out into oncoming traffic in the middle of winter. And, you know, they stopped me from doing that. And so that skill as an actor, that ability to blend and hide it as I think I became as skilled as I am because it was my way of surviving. Mm. And by the time I got to college, you know, here was, I went to college on the East coast at the heart school. Um, I was surrounded by the sea of like all kinds of different people, black, white, Jewish, gay, straight, non-binary, whatever. And like, my little mind was like, I'm still not safe here. So I fought against myself. And that was where I created this fake, even further fake world and started consuming drugs and alcohol because it was, the pain was so real and I didn't know what to do with it. Right. Right. And, uh, it really wasn't until a boy kissed me my sophomore year that I came face to face with it and then I lost it and I freaked out and I was living this dual life to where I would be one person around my friends at school and then present something else to my family and it got so bad to the point where by the time I was living in New York and that's its own separate book and tale, oh, yeah. <laughs> um you know, I was addicted to cocaine. I was constantly um, dealing with some sort of substance in my system. And I crashed and burned mm. because, you know, as a 23-year-old who is still not comfortable with his authentic self, I was butting up against my edge, right? Mm. And something had to give. And as I've learned, pain pushes you until a vision pulls you. Mm. And... It was in that moment when I hit rock bottom that I called my mom and I told her outside of a subway in Queens and I said, you know, I'm gay. And my mom, God bless her, was like, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I, I know you may know, but it's different to say it out loud to right. acknowledge who I authentically am. Right. And then when it came time to tell my dad, like that was the moment when I was shit bricks because I was like, <laughs> I... I don't know what to do. This is like my hero. This is the guy who saved me at a time when I was at my lowest. And here I am again. And my dad, when I told him, you know, I set it up with this whole big description of like, what I'm about to tell you doesn't change anything about who I am, blah, blah, blah. And I, I say, I'm gay. And my dad's silent. And I'm, and it felt like eternity. Mm. And he goes, you know, your mother and I love you. And now that you told me, you can do whatever you want because you're free. And that was a moment for me where I literally said out loud to the universe, God, whatever you want to describe it. And I said, thank you. Thank you. I'm so lucky because both of my parents are like in my corner. And my dad was like, you know, I always thought you were one of those artistic kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dad, I am, (laughs) you know, and he's like, I just thought you were whatever. Cause, 
And then I'd ask your mom and your mom would be like, no. And I'd be like, maybe. (laughs) And, you know, so it's, I'm very fortunate in that regard. So, um, when it came time to, uh, step into the shoes of Crystal for Heart Baby, um, that was when I, and I had done a lot of therapy, a lot of soul searching, a lot of healing. And I had no idea that that, that piece of me that I had erased, I would have to come up against because Crystal demanded me to step into that femininity that I had, I had decided a long time ago was dangerous. Right. Yeah. yeah, There's a, there's a brilliant line there that, that, that you say, uh, and and I'm paraphrasing and forgive me. uh, I hope it's, it's close where you, you say that Crystal helped you find Sean and, and, and you were okay with being finally being Sean because of what you learned by being crystal. And, and we're, and we're going to talk about that because it's a, it's a brilliant story. But a couple of things that, that really stuck out to me there is that it's the stigma of, and and in the context of what you were saying, the norm, how many times that it's referred to that act normal or you're not being normal as if you, you know, the, the stigma that people put on it is if you are somehow acting in a way that they don't perceive to be the way they want you to be, you're not normal. And, 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 you know, to me that the, just the idea of that is, is ridiculous. And, and to be able to, I'm sure know as, the men who are in the room and women, you, the women who are there, you may know this, but when it comes to growing up as a man in America, there are very few um, things that are outside of a very toxic masculine um, figure to look at. Like right. we have these Marvel superheroes now, and we look at these bodies that are unachievable for the average man. We have these ways of moving through the world as a man that our media gives us. And if we don't match up to that, there's something wrong with us, whether we're gay or straight or anything in between. It's like, we're not attractive enough. We're not good enough. And the alpha mentality that exists within the male community, I'm sure you guys can speak about it. It's, it's, it's horrible Absolutely. because if you are remotely anything sensitive, Oh, God bless you. You're screwed. Right. If you're, if you're not physically like fit and like powerful, nobody's going to love you. Right. Yeah. I, you it, know, I, thank you for, for bringing that side of it up because I, I think that, that you're, you're so correct in, in that it isn't just gender or, or or orientation or you're right that th- this is a society that is dictated by the way you look the way you walk the way you talk and if it's not perceived the way somebody wants it to be you're right you're you're set aside like you're not normal you can't be this you can't be that and I'm glad that you brought it up because it isn't just one of this or one of that it's 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 that way towards so many groups and yes, and the and whole system is archaic exactly it's like, archaic is a perfect <laughs> word for it um, it's bullshit it was built by a bunch of white men back in the day who you know were living in a very small limited paradigm and now we understand that human expression is far more reaching than we ever could have defined it as back in the day because there was no possibility of anything but this and that women act this way they're subordinate you do this you do that men you do this you own land you rape and pillage and it's like that is the way it is yep 
Yeah. And that's, it's, it's so I'm bored. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm, I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been done a few times. Right. Yeah. It, it, and, and man, first of all, thank you so much for sharing. Um, and I know, I know it's, it, it's, it's tough to even go back there and, and talk about, you, you know, the, the past and the history, but, and God bless your parents. I think they're wonderful yeah. human beings and, and, and the way that they were able to, to, to be there for you and to do the things and, and, we're glad, you know, you, that the attempts weren't successful. I'm glad that you were able to to work yourself out of that, and and I think that your bravery uh, in talking about it is is going to help a lot of people. And so, I have much respect uh, for you for, you for being able. I do to... want to say something real quick. Um, you know, when it when it comes to what I've done and and why I'm sharing this part about my life, it's because the trans community um my trans brothers and sisters their experience is so marginalized that very few people especially cisgender people people who identify with the sex that they are assigned when they're born they have no concept of how difficult it is for a trans person to just be themselves right to just express the way that they need to express and so for me Going back there is is no big deal. I appreciate it. They live this life, and those are the individuals I really want to focus on because, and, like, my experience fails in comparison. So truly. let's let's talk about that. That's a good transition. Let's get into the movie Heart Baby and talk about Crystal. Um, and let let's set it up a little bit by telling people a little bit about what the movie's about. It's a true story. It's based on a true story. Um, mm-hmm. so let, let's go into that a little bit and kind of give a little description as to what the movie's about for our listeners. Okay. Yeah, so Heart Baby is a true story of a African-American prison boxer by the name of George Lee Martin, who turned down his opportunity for freedom and Olympic gold to stay in prison to protect the one thing he couldn't live without, which was his transgender evangelical cellmate, Crystal. And it was a story that was a moment in history that was witnessed by a little over 300 people um, in Nashville, Tennessee in the early 80s. The film spans the course of three decades, the 70s to the 90s, and it focuses on the the relationship between Doc and George, who were best friends, and uh, their interaction with Crystal, who was, as I said, George's cellmate and secret lover for seven years. Wow. Wow. What a what an yeah. incredible story and to, for it to be true and there's there's so many stories like that that are so incredible and moving and then they it's so great that they're being able to be told and understood from a real like human honest perspective. Yeah, I mean it's when I read the script for the first time, I was literally like, "Wait. No way. There's no way that you this could be real." And then when I talked to the real doc and he was corroborating things and we did our research and we asked people who had been in prison with them we found out yeah this whole thing is 100 real and angela shelton the writer director i think did a remarkable job in being able to um communicate and and formulate the story in a very digestible way because it's so immense mm. and it's so complex right that um you know, it's very easy to get lost in the semantics of it. 
Right. And, and I love the story because you were initially brought on as a producer, correct? You you read the correct. script and you came on as a producer and started going through the casting process and correct. and ended up getting the role because of a lack of people that actually submitted for the role of Crystal. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit, about how it yeah. came about to actually portray Crystal and, and, and how that kind of happened for you. So... When Angela approached me in summer of 2015 with the script for Heart Baby, um, I kind of went in blind. I read it, bawled my eyes out, read it two more times, and then was like, okay, so what do you need? How do we make this happen? And she was like, I would love for you to produce it with me. So I just started opening my Rolodex and started calling people. We were fortunate enough to get John Jackson, who is Alexander Payne's casting director, mm. um, to come on board and help us. And one of the, the things that we asked was for him to search the country for a trans actress to play the role of Crystal because, you know, for me, it's all about representation, right? And right. I knew that we had it to do a service to the community. Um, after a month-long search, there was only 10 actresses submitted. Of the 10, eight were African-American. And the two left... Um, only one kind of matched crystal specs, but she couldn't portray her essence. And so that was when Angela was like, you know, I think you should do a makeup test because you can do that. I've seen your work as an actor. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, y'all, because that's like me skirting into a very tricky territory. Right, right. Um, so I obviously I did it. And um, Doc the real doc who knew crystal, he saw a picture and he, he cried and he was like, he looks like her. Like, wow. I don't know. I don't know how you guys did that. So that was when I said, okay, well, look, if I'm going to do this, I have to live as a trans woman. Like I have to go method for this because there's no other way for me to understand that experience other than to live it. Right. So, I started working with Larry Moss, who coached Hillary Swank for Boys Don't Cry, Million Dollar Baby. Mm -hmm. He's worked with a lot of actors. Um, and we spent close to 20 hours together. And it was with him that I discovered Crystal's voice. I started doing um, feminine feminization vocal techniques that trans women use. Mm -hmm. um, two hours a day. I grew my hair and nails for six months. I started going down this dark and crazy rabbit hole and it was almost instantaneous that i started to experience um what i believe is the, the norm for trans people the you know when you don't fit into those what we were talking about earlier those norms of what a man should be and look like and express like right you get pushed back almost instantaneously and i started very quickly hiding what I was doing. I was very ashamed and I was like, whoa, this is, this must be what it's, what it's like. This is weird that I'm already feeling this kind of loathing and this need to hide because it's not safe. Right. And I was constantly on edge. So by the time we got to new Orleans and I had fully quote unquote transitioned, um, into crystal and got the hair extensions, eyelash extensions, I cosmetically shifted my face um, I did it all. I learned how to walk with Miss New York in heels. I, I, I feminized myself so much so that 
my day-to-day expression, Sean was fading away and there was just Crystal. Mm. And after our final makeup test, um, when I walked out of the trailer, I got catcalled by my own crew. Right. And I was like, whoa, this this is <laughs> this is a trip because yeah. I've never experienced that before. Right. Um, and I and I was passing. And for those who don't know what that means, everyone thought that I was just a woman. Right. Right. And like you not said that- trans, just a woman. Mm-hmm. And um and then they recognized or or they realized who you were, right? Because that's that's a great yeah, part of the story too. Very quickly. And yeah. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And so here I was, like already dealing with this objectification and this degradation that quickly became my daily experience. Um, it got so bad to the point that that night when we went out, I was physically this big guy grabbed my ass and, you know, was, was staring at me. And I was, I was thinking to myself, Oh shit, like he's clocking me. He can see, he can see that I'm not who I'm presenting myself to be. And that was another moment of like, Oh God, like just going out and trying to date as a trans woman or a trans man, like how difficult that must be just daily interactions. And, you know, I realized right then I was like, this is the the female experience. Right. This is a woman's experience, all women's experience, this kind of thing that you're somebody's property, that they can just touch you whenever they want, that there's no repercussions for that. And I was like, in that moment, I was so scared because I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so not used to this that I don't know how to proceed. And for me, I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, like you become numb, right? Like, yeah, because you, yeah, you, you kind of, um, you kind of learn to be really defensive and, and, and you think about scenarios as, as how they could be harmful. Like that, I think that men, it never occurs to them. Like, you know, um, if I'm at my house and I have to have somebody come to the house, you know, to, to fix something like that's scary for me. And I don't think a lot right. of men think about that. Like to me, all these thoughts run through my mind. Like, you know, should I have someone be here? Should I have someone like call and check up on me? Like, what if he's not who he say- says he is or realizes I'm home alone and decides to do something, you know, and I have to like reassure myself that, okay, I have my dog here. I have my pistol here. I don't think men have to deal with that. And there's all these different no. scenarios that, so that's that's incredibly eye-opening and powerful for you as a perspective to know and to really understand because I don't I don't think a lot of people do get it until you really are faced with it as you are in that situation. Yeah, I think men men will never really understand until they take uh, a second to actually put themselves in a woman's shoes because when I left that night and I was outside, there was these two drunk guys going off of just what you said. Like, I'm waiting for an Uber, right? And mind you, there was nothing sexual about how I was dressed. I was just a very pretty Southern belle, right? And these two drunk guys asked me if I was looking for company for the evening. Um, yeah. And I said no. And it was like instant. It, the turn happened instant. Mm-hmm. And I was, a, I was a fucking bitch and I was a whore. Yeah. And what was my problem? And then they started following me and I was like, Oh Jesus, if they discover that I'm trans right now, right. This is going to 
be even more exponentially dangerous than just how it is right now. They could have raped me. They could have killed me. It could have gone south so quickly. And thank God my Uber arrived. That poor man. I, <laughs> I jumped in the car and I was like <laughs> crying and like snot all over me. Oh. And I'm like, you know, and, and he's like, where are we going? And I'm like, just the Bourbon Street because that's where I was living, which was insane in itself. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I can imagine. <laughs> Oh, but um, yeah, the whole experience definitely shook me to my core, and sadly, it wasn't until I started getting stalked um, that I I realized how um, how isolated. Yeah, um, I'm glad you that you you bring up though the the danger in it or the potential danger in it, um. Because it, it makes day. me think. It makes me think of a uh, a story here that happened here, where um, there was a chan a transgender woman who did go out, and she she was on a date. She was on a date with a serviceman. Um, had a lovely time, did, did doing the thing, you know, like couples do, and, and and are having a good time. And apparently, I guess when they went back to the hotel, and and the guy did realize that it was a transgender woman or I mean, he ended up killing her, like you said. And, and I can only imagine the fear that to have to live every day to know that that might be a possibility because you're living the way you feel you need to live or comfortable with how you are and who you are. That's gotta be crazy. Cause normal day life for people, you don't wake up and think you might die because you want to be who you are. That I can't even imagine the thought process in that. And sadly, I'm not surprised that you were treated that way, that they acted that way, that it, that's very common that if you're hit on by a man as a woman and you're not and you don't you're just not interested, and even if you're polite about it, even if you say, "No, no, thanks, just doing my thing." Yeah. That it, it you're right, it changes in an instant and that's another perspective for me that I've never experienced as a woman of, of, of as a trans woman that to know that there's another level of danger to that, that, that could, and you know, incite even more like, you know, rage for no reason. It's crazy. No offense. I don't know if, if anybody is any ethnicity other than white, um, who's there in the room with you all, but that's another perspective. It goes even deeper. So if you are, a trans woman of color. Mm. Right. It's even worse because within those communities, there's an even deeper sense of rage and violence that, that comes up because there is such a, a judgment and a disgust. I mean, 27 trans women here in America have been killed so far this year. Right. Wow. Most of them are trans women of color. As was the, as was this one that I brought up to you. Um, yeah, so, yeah. That's... I mean, it's 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 an epidemic with how we are raising our kids. Agreed. Honestly, yeah. That's Agreed. it. I mean, like we are raising our little boys to view women as property, and that if they don't abide or act the way that we want them to act, that we are going to make them. And women are taught, like from a very early age, you look pretty, you smile, you submit, you do this thing, you always have a gun around, you, you make sure that you're taken care of. So it's your fault if you haven't prepared accordingly. And right. it's like, what, what, what is that? Right. right. <laughs> what is that? That's not a society where people are created equal. Mm-hmm. That's a society that is, it's only for a select few. 
Yeah. Exactly. And and I, I, can, I can only imagine. Let, let's talk about about Crystal in the movie uh, a little bit more. And because her story was just insane to me as well. That I mean, you basically framed by her own family and sent to prison Correct. because of who she was. Um, and, and now, now I'm not familiar with, with, with the story. What was it known that, that, I mean, what, it had to have been just absolute craziness in prison to, to be who crystal and, and, and then to be in a relationship. I mean, was it, explain that a little bit about what that yeah. relationship must've been like in prison and knowing that she was basically, as you said, and I love, I love your terminology erased by her biological family. Um, she, she literally was, she literally was. So crystal was born in the sixties, um, to a very wealthy family in Nashville, Tennessee, her mother and her two brothers are still alive. Um, this family is a $14.8 billion family, super born again, evangelical Christians who obviously had no concept of what to do with this child that wasn't bending to their wishes, right? And right. so they sent Crystal to uh, military school, reform school, conversion therapy, all of which she didn't change who she was. She was this remarkable human who was like, I'm a child of God and I was made perfect. And so to think about somebody existing that way in a time and place where the word transgender didn't even exist yet and who is showing up in the world being like, this is who I am. Mind you, she struggled. She was, you know, abusing substances and whatever, but it got so bad (laughs) to the point where she wouldn't do what they wanted her to do that. They started paying her to act like a boy. Right. Yeah. And then when she wouldn't even do that, that was when they created fake drug charges. She got busted with four kilos of cocaine in the back of her dad's car. Oh, wow. Um, was sentenced to 50 years to life. Mm. Um, when Timothy went into prison, that's Crystal's dead name. Timothy, um, there was a death certificate that was issued. Timothy died, right? And Donnie Webb was created. Donnie was the name in which she was protected under so that the family wouldn't be embarrassed so that nobody knew anything about the situation. So because she was so rich, And because she still was a white person of privilege, the rules were very different for her. So even as a trans woman who walked into prison in Tennessee in the 70s, she knew that her money and her access, she could still control the situation. So she was paying guards off. She was getting makeup flown in from New York, fashion. I mean, she was... She was living, ironically, her best life inside the confines of prison walls. So here is this being, right, who walks in and everyone's like, and Doc and George will tell you, when she walked in, they were like, who let the woman in here? Why is there a woman in here? (laughs) Everyone everyone was so confused because she was just a full-blown lady. Right. And, um, you know, from what I've learned from them, you know, her world was so every day was a dangerous experience and she got so fierce and so um, cold and protective 
that she could quote the Bible left and right and like shut people down. Wow. I mean, she was eviscerating people. And that's why Doc hated her so much because she was a better Christian than he was. <laughs> she was, she knew God better than he did. And he, he couldn't handle that. Right. And I mean, Doc even told me this story about like him coming into George and Crystal's cell. And there she was, you know, duct taping her genitalia away because she hated it so much. Wow. You know, it's like to think that that is this person's experience. Yeah. That they are so not in the correct body that they are willing to do that to feel a sense of how they feel they should look. You know, that's it's a pretty, pretty strong person. And also to have her connection to faith despite all this. Absolutely. Like, that's like something in the trans experience that I don't think we've necessarily seen yet mm-hmm. is seeing somebody who really knows that God created her perfectly the way she was and took care of everyone in prison who was like her. Yeah, you're who right. Was on the outside. Which again is, is why this movie is important and why this, this story needs to be told. You're right. It isn't something that people have seen before. It isn't something that people have heard of or can identify with. And, and it's time. This story needs to be told. And, and I'm so glad that, that, that yourself and, and the people involved in this project know that and, and, and made this movie happen and are bringing this story to the, to, to the public because. My goal with this project and with playing Crystal, um, my goal is really is is for her to be remembered, right? Because her family, like I said, literally erased her. The only people who knew her were her inmates and friends in prison. And obviously, you can tell I get really emotional about it, but it's one of those things that um, I just want her to be known and to be seen. Because the only thing that has survived of the real Crystal is a recording of her singing with her friend in prison. Mm. And it's featured in the movie twice. And so when you hear it, that's the real Crystal. That's her voice. And that's all that's left. There's no photos. There's no nothing. Right. Uh And so... Yeah, I wanted. I wanted to say that's what. That's what I was. I was hesitant because I didn't want to do spoilers for the film. But she did pass away in prison, correct? Correct. She died of AIDS in 1993 mm-hmm. from um, drug use. Mm. She had always been monogamous to George, um, but yeah, it was sharing her needles and sharing her drugs that led to her contracting HIV and then eventually AIDS. Mm. Wow. So uh, it's just. <sighs> Wow, what a people gripping, need to see this film. Yeah, they need yeah. to see this film. Yeah. This is a, an overwhelmingly compelling and important story and with a unfortunately a tragic ending and uh, an ending that that didn't well, have to is, be. I have to say this. There is one of the most beautiful moments um, that is really uplifting so as tragic as it is, there is a moment at the end of this movie that literally people they cry because of the pure joy of it. Good. And That's good. And that's where I say there is this ray of hope, this ray of sunshine, because um, even though our correctional facilities and the system is so broken, there is still the possibility for healing and for um, the evolution of a human being. And we highlight that at the end of the movie. And it's truly like a moment where you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, 
something that stuck out to me with this interview, and one of the things I really love about doing these interviews and this podcast is that there's a lot of things that like a lot of themes and ideas that are kind of that kind of get repeated, you know, unintentionally by all of our guests. And one of the things that we just talked about last week with another actress, Lucy Pohl, is that being in this industry can help you find yourself, can help you deal with the things that you, like you said, that you have pushed down inside yourself that you refuse to come up with or that you tried to run away from and you're forced to confront it and accept it and then own it. And so I think it's really powerful that this has is it has the ability to help other people do it who just are watching it, but has also helped you as part of the experience and making it do that for yourself, even more so than you had already done at that point, you know, until that point. So I think that's really cool. I, I really enjoyed hearing about that. Oh, thanks. I mean, it's it's one of those things, right? Like <laughs> from a total like ego place, I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm yeah. totally fine. There's nothing wrong with me anymore. Right. <laughs> and then this role comes along and it's like, oh, no, no, honey oh. child. Yeah. You still got a lot to learn. Right. You still haven't dealt with this shit. And that's honestly been the best gift is Crystal gave me myself. Oh my wow. god. My full so and authentic self. Yeah, and wow. that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Is. And you know, I, I love that you refer to yourself as a storyteller because I, I think that art is a story that that needs to be told. This, this needs to be and, and I we another theme we hear, you know, week in and week out is is that if you can just touch one person with your art then, then you're doing something that matters. Exactly. And 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 if even if it's just for one person that that you can touch, and I, I have a strong feeling that this is is gonna help and touch on on a on just a grand level. And and I can share with you real quick that last night I published radioactive to my website and started sharing it. Right. And within like 20 minutes, I got an email from this woman who has a trans son. And she said, I just want to thank you for what you've done and for telling the story and, and, and sharing what you wrote in Radioactive because I never realized that my son was dealing with the level in which he's dealing with this stuff. Right. I mean, he dresses up as a girl just to go to work because it's easier. Wow. And she was like, I know that there are things that he isn't telling me because he's afraid that I'm going to going to cry or whatever. And, and so like what going off of what you just said, that's, that's the only reason why I do it is so that, you know, there is an awakening hopefully for somebody who is in a limited belief system. Yeah. And in the same token, maybe it saves one trans life. If that's all I do, if I save one trans person, I did my job. Yep. You know? Yep. That's it. Wow. That's it. So so much so much respect. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and 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 listen, man, we appreciate you coming on and opening up and and sharing not only your story but like you said, the struggle for so many transgender individuals out there that that go through this on a daily basis. And um, this is a subject that needs to be talked about. Agreed. And open dialogue is how acceptance is going to happen. Finally, we need to talk about it. We need to have people n listen and hear and and realize what's going on in this world and and it's people like you that that are going to make that happen so honestly thank thank Look, you I think, thank you and thank you for your kind words and for having me i'm so so grateful 
Um, I think going off of what you just said, like that's the only way that we're going to get through this. Absolutely. Uh, as mm-hmm. human beings on the same little blue marble that's floating in space. That's right. The only way this is going to work, and especially in this country, is we have to start talking to each other and really talking to each other and not villainizing the other side, wherever yep. side you stand, and sitting down and going, okay, hey, so tell me about your experience. Tell me about why you why you feel that way. And holding the space even when you don't want to. Even when you want to like throw a table. Yeah. <laughs> well like said. really sitting there and trying to understand and find empathy for another person's experience. Because yep. at the end of the day, we all want love and we all want to live a really happy life. Some of us are just a little more lost than others. Exactly. You can't you can't end it any better than that. I, yeah. I think I think that that's perfectly said. I'm um, so excited to see this. Like I really I can't honestly I cannot I'll get wait you to guys see this it. Link and please like let me know all of your thoughts and you know sit down with your families or whoever. Absolutely. Stream it on your Apple TVs. Do whatever and and please enjoy. Oh, we enjoy absolutely it. will. You know, I saw I, we follow you, and we're going to tell everybody where to follow you and everything. And a little uh, interesting uh, tidbit that I thought was interesting, and maybe we can share. Hopefully, uh, we'll edit this out if you say no. But uh, <laughs> is it true that uh, Shailene Woodley makes an appearance in this film? So, uh, so um, my two best friends are are Shailene and Isadora Garester. Isadora is on Shameless. Uh-huh. She plays Svetlana. And so oh, wow. they came down um, to support me as their friend, and they played extras in the film. Oh, cool. And That's fantastic. So they, what's awesome is they, as women, were dressed as men and played men. Oh, <laughs> so cool. They are hidden in um, a scene. You can see them very clearly, um, and hopefully you'll. it's a fun little Easter egg. For you all to, to keep an eye out for because so epic. they were remarkable and it was it was weird for me because I was looking at my best friends and I was like, where where did you guys go? They, <laughs> they were dudes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was it's a really cool, fun little little hidden gem. Absolutely. Oh man. Listen, Sean, thank you so much again for Seriously. taking the time on this on this holiday weekend and, and thank and, you. You know, for, for talking to us and open invite. Anytime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Open invite. You come back and talk about whatever you want to talk about, any projects you're working on, or if you just want to come shoot the shit with us. You know, you, you <laughs> dude, man, you, you I would, anytime I would you honored. want to, man. I would be honored. And if you guys need anything else from me on my end, please just let me know. We will absolutely do it. Listen, man, you have a blessed Thanksgiving. Um and happy to turkey you, day, man. all yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh we'll be in touch soon, man. Good. Thank you all. Have uh-huh. a good one. Thank you too. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Man, so I much. I think respect. Uh, our most emotional yeah. interview yeah. so far. Yeah. Hear and feel the passion yeah. and the emotion over that project and, that and the story. Just, yeah. And God bless. I mean, it, it just the moments where he broke down. I mean, like yeah. it, it just. I mean, it, Chris, you bring up a good point. Uh, you know, maybe our most emotional interview, but. Uh, Dare I say, maybe our most relevant interview oh, so yeah, far that yeah, we've yeah. ever done. I mean, in this, 
I mean, he couldn't have ended it any better with like, you know, we're all just human beings exactly. on this blue marble and we all just want to be loved. Exactly. Yeah, perspective is such a powerful thing. I mean, for him, for the perspectives that he got, I mean, he was obviously a very open-minded person anyway. Yeah. And then, But then to, to be open-minded to it and then to experience it are two very different things. Right. And then even further, even further out of that, of another perspective of, we're just on this little planet that's mm-hmm. inside. The, I mean, right. it's it's so powerful to think like that. And I try to do that myself. I think I, think I could really relate to yeah, trying to look well, at things that way. Everybody gets wrapped up in their own lives and their own shit. They don't think about anybody right. else or anybody else's perspective, and like right. you said. One of the things that I found most interesting was the stark contrast in the road that could have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about the parents of Crystal mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. his parents, yeah. who, well, yeah, yeah, and now you can do whatever right. you want. Exactly. You know, th- that difference. Exactly. We have yeah. Sean today. We talked to Sean today because he had parents who were like it's that. Such exactly. a two different thing. economies. And I, was, yeah. I was thinking about that too with you know with how great it was that his parents were, were like that. And then something that my mom always told me growing up, and I didn't even, you know, I wasn't even dealing with any issues of like gender or anything like that, but just a general mantra that my mom always told us was, you know, normal is highly overrated. I grew up yep, hearing right. those words over and yeah. over again so that I never had to feel like I had to define normal by what everyone else did. Right. You know, and that if I did, it could be boring. You know what I mean? Right. That's so, how my uh, best friend Tom is like, we just, he always instilled it of no, there's no normal. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Normal, normal is a terrible thing. Normal's bland. Normal's uh, not good. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. It That's what it does. It does say, yeah, there is an idea of what is quote unquote normal, but it's overrated and yeah, boring anyway. Exactly. <laughs> like you don't even need like it that. anyway. I love that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, make sure to go follow him on all social media. On Twitter, he's at Sean Cullen and on Instagram, he's at Sean Cullen Young. Make sure to go follow him. Amazing story. Amazing movie. I cannot oh, yeah. wait to watch this. Me yeah. too. I'm yeah. so excited. I, I, Heart Baby, I think Facebook and Instagram and everything too. So cool. yeah, check that yeah. out too. Yeah. Absolutely. Audrey Walters. Man, this is the definition of a working actor. She's been doing this consistently since 2009. And man, she has not stopped there. She has been on things like Preacher, What If, Mile High L- Lacey. So it's going to be really awesome to talk to her today. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, me too, man. I'm pumped. And uh, she's worked with two legends, yeah. Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. Yeah, I mean, how's that's that going to be? That's going to be awesome. Hell yeah. All right, here she is. All right. Hello? Hey, this is Audrey Walters. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, doing great. Doing great. First of all, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Yeah, we appreciate definitely. you joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me yeah no problem so uh, <laughs> uh how how's it out in la right now are you uh weather wise actually i'm not in la right now i'm in colorado oh <laughs> even better enough. yeah I, I bet even but it better. was gorgeous in la whenever i left it was you know nice about 80 degrees here it's about 60. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Still we always, we always ask because we're always jealous. We're like, you know, in, in over just outside New Orleans and it's like still summer here. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> oh. n- no fall weather anywhere in yeah. sight. So, <laughs> um, yeah, my family lives in South Texas and they have the same thing. Yeah. I oh. mean, it's just always hot and muggy. Exactly. They've had a lot of rain, though. Have you guys had a lot of rain? Oh, uh, we have had a lot of rain. Nice little stretch of it. Uh, can't get away from the tropical storm. So yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a bummer. Uh, well, well, well. I hope you're enjoying Colorado. So uh, that's good in the cooler weather. Um, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, we're excited to talk to you today. Uh, we noticed a lot of stuff. That, uh, we have a lot of stuff in common. Uh, the broadcast really? journalism. Oh, yeah. Uh, broadcast journalism, both Logan and I. Uh, that's who you're speaking with today, by the way. Uh, we don't have the whole bunch with us today. It's just me and Logan. But, um, Hi. Yeah, Hi, we, we, uh, Hello. <laughs> we got started in broadcast journalism, uh, journalism as well uh, before making the transition into what we're doing now. So we've got a lot of stuff, you know, in common there. Um, yeah. And uh, we noticed that your current project, that uh, it's getting ready to come out. We did some location scouting in a lot of the places that you guys shot out there. So um, got a lot to talk oh, about really? with that. Oh, yeah. So uh, we're excited. Like I said, we're, we're really pumped to talk to you today. Well, thanks. Me too. Uh, good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, interesting background here. Because, uh, I mean, you got started. You were kind of late uh, getting started in the whole thing. With uh, you, you went to school for the broadcast journalism and then uh, stay-at-home mom and kind of did, yep. you know, ra- raised a, a child and, and then kind of was like, hey, wait a minute. I kind of want to maybe do this uh, acting thing. Yeah. So let's talk about that yeah. a little bit and how you kind of got started in it. And was it something you always wanted to do or was it you were sure you wanted to be a journalist and just kind of made the transition or how did it all go down? I was... I was sure that I wanted to be a journalist until I got my feet wet and started actually being a journalist. And then I realized that was not for me at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I'm just a naturally curious person. So I love to learn about people and talk to people much like you guys do interviewing people and talking with them. Um, I just didn't feel that that there was a place for me in that world of journalism in particular um and then yeah my all my career aspirations i guess kind of got put on hold uh i raised three kids three wow wow okay three three um so stayed home with my kids and my husband went went to medical school and residency and I was kind of a single parent, so it was a good thing that I stayed home with the kids. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. They definitely needed somebody around to, to be there for everything. So um, I, I always had an interest in acting, believe it or not. I, it was something I always wanted to try. And I, I think what happens sometimes when you are a stay-at-home parent, whether it be mom or dad or whoever – you get so immersed in your kids' lives, and everything is about them. I don't know. Do y'all have kids? Uh, I do. I, I have a daughter, um, and okay. uh, much the same situation. While I was working, uh, her mom stayed home with her and and, and raised her and. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I completely understand where you're coming from with that. I, yeah. I think, you know, you do kind of get immersed in your in your child's life and kind of put your ambitions on hold and um, yeah. totally, totally understand that. Absolutely, and I, but I am so glad that I that I got to have that time. I'm so grateful for it because I'm super close with all my kids. You yeah. Know? Um. So that's definitely time that I would not have wished had gone any other way for sure. But you know, I think also being a stay-at-home parent, you you lose a lot of yourself and things that were important to you and part of like who you really are to your core. You know. Right. And um. So I, I started taking acting classes once my kids got a little bit older as kind of just to give myself something that was just me, Yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I, I just kind of 
did it as really to kind of give back to myself in a way and try to find myself again after being immersed in, in having babies. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and once I started taking the classes, uh, I, it just kind of snowballed from there. And I really, I realized how much I loved it and enjoyed it. And, um, I started off with, with uh, one agent, and then able to was able to um, get into the New Mexico market, mm-hmm. and that was really my huge breakthrough as far as as getting to the next level of projects to work on. Awesome! That's a well. Yeah. I, that's so. It's really cool. I mean, what better way to refine yourself than acting classes? Because you kind of get to play around with all different kinds of people, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. uh, like, who oh, am yeah. I? I get to be anybody I want and kind of see all where I'm really at. Personalities, right? and yeah, stuff, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like maybe exactly. I'm this person, or oh, this is the real me. That's awesome. That's a great story. Um, oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> and and I know we all call our our acting classes. Uh, Group therapy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I could totally see that. Definitely. That's what we call this show. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, we all have to have our ways of getting group therapy, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, listen. Um, first, let me just quickly say, uh, congrats on the on the stay home stay at home mom thing. I think that's that's commendable, and uh, I much respect for everybody who does that. I think it is crucial for uh, successful children in life to have that. Um, so much respect for you for that. Um, and Thank then, you. Sure. Uh, New Mexico. Let's talk about New Mexico a little bit because I don't think a lot of people until just recently really realized how big in the film industry and television industry Mexico really is. New Mexico really is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Netflix is moving there. They, they, yeah, they know. We've so, talked uh, about that on the show Yeah, before. isn't that amazing? Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, were you is, – is that where you get the majority of your work? Do you go back and forth between L.A. and New Mexico a lot now or? Or, or what is, uh, I mean, like I said, your current project we know shot in uh, New Mexico. So yeah. do you still find yourself gravitating there more often or not? I do. I, I've, New Mexico has been so good to me. I um, It was a pretty well-kept secret for a lot of years. It really was. Actually, um, I, when I started out there... It must have been like seven or eight years ago, and the only two shows that were casting were In Plain Sight and Breaking Bad. Yeah, and um, and that's kind of how I got started doing the whole the whole thing. <laughs> and um, yeah, I I love to go to New Mexico and work. And now that I've worked there so often, I know my way around. I've established some relationships down oh, there, there. You, you know. It's it's a great great place to be, and I think anytime that you're an actor and you get to go, you get to be out of LA and work on a production, and you're you're on location somewhere, it's just an entirely different experience. It's um, it's kind of like being at summer camp or something like yeah. that. If, if I can compare it to something, yeah, um, it, it's just it's so much fun because everybody is kind of doing the same thing you know staying in a hotel working just trying to figure out okay what are we going to do tonight let's go visit that local museum and (laughs) exactly (laughs) right and you guys couldn't have picked a more beautiful place new mexico i mean amazing we went out and scouted a little bit uh bonanza ranch have you been out there and shot out there a little bit 
Yeah, that's that's where we shot Big Kill. Oh, nice. Right, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you meet Irma Jean? Oh, I'm sure I did. Yeah. There were so many people that were there. Um, George R. R. Martin came by our set one day. There you go. Yeah, and that was kind of fun, um, especially for all the Game of Thrones fans. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, and all his staff was telling us, just don't ask him about when he's writing more books. <laughs> <laughs> he gets like That's the funny. same questions over and over and over. But um, yeah, we had lots of people, so I probably did run into to Emma, Emma Jane, is that what you said? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, just the history of Bonanza Creek in itself, I mean, I don't think people right. realize that, like, all of the stuff that's been shot there since way back. I mean, um, yeah. it, how crazy, for us, I know for uh, when we first went there and you just, you know, she takes you on this tour and she drives up and here's this entire town in the middle of nowhere. It, it's right. like, it's an amazing thing when yeah. you first kind of see it. It's just like, it's incredible mm-hmm. what they've been able to do with the, with the locations out there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's absolutely beautiful. Like Jayla said, it's uh, just, I mean, gorgeous out there. So it uh, is. You have like a holy feeling yeah. when you're there, uh, especially um, all the different, uh, you know, storefronts, basically, because you know there's no insulation right, in right. any one of those yeah. buildings. And yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, we when we were working nights uh, in the middle of winter because we shot this in November and December, Oof. it was freezing. Oh yeah, yeah I imagine a little chilly. Um, oh, it was so cold, but <laughs> it, it just. Like you said, just it came with this history, this really rich history. I think it's like going into an old church. In a right, way. yeah. It just felt holy. Like you think about all the people who had been there before you and different paths that they've all taken. Right. And, um, and yeah, a lot of it has not changed one bit. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. It, and there was a great story that she told us about the the this uh, Santa Fe. Actually, they tried to run a railroad through there, and uh, she was having no part of it. She's like, "You're not bringing a railroad through here and messing all of this up." And she called the governor, and she got on with the the federal government, and she literally wow. stopped the railroad yeah. from coming through there. So um, that is awesome. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it was incredible. Just so many little stories like that about that particular place is just incredible. And then Ghost Ranch also. You guys also did up at Ghost Ranch in oh, Abiquiu. it's beautiful out there. Yeah, we did. Um, I was not on that part of the production. Um, when you see the film, you'll you'll see how there was like two different locations. But uh-huh. yeah. I, so I didn't get to work on that on that part of it, but. Um, but yeah, the production did. Yeah, well, it's be- if you if, if you get a chance to go up there, if you haven't gone up there, go. It's yeah, beautiful, it and is. Ghost Ranch itself is just wonderful. So definitely check that out when uh, you go back. So uh, sure. t- let's talk about the Western will. a little bit because this is exciting. I mean, uh, Danny Trejo. I was like, oh, you get to work with yeah. Danny Trejo. I mean, that's got to be that's awesome. That's epic. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to work with Danny Trejo? Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's he was he was great. Um, and Lou and Lou Diamond Phillips yeah. absolutely. absolutely loved him. Uh, and Jason Patrick. I mean, all of these. We had such a great team of people. Um, we just had a lot of fun. Every they were all so down to earth, and um, everyone was just like there was this camaraderie. You know, we, yeah. we would uh, play penny poker at, at night. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> when we would rap, yeah. 
<laughs> just for something to do, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a great group of people, that's for sure. I mean, I had definitely a camaraderie, especially with, with my fellow Texans, uh, Lou and, um, and Scott Martin, the director, mm-hmm. who was also in it. it is a Texan, native Texan. So um, it was kind of fun. I mean, I haven't lived in Texas for about 25 years, but you know how it is. Oh, no, yeah. once a Texan, always a Texan, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Don't hold it against me. No, 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 no. <laughs> what? It- not our favorite place to drive through by any means, no. but uh, it, we yeah. won't hold it against you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, it was it was just a great group of people, and um, even the crew, everyone just just was exceptional and had a great time. Awesome. Yeah, have you been to Danny Trejo's Taco Place? Uh, yeah, well, no, we've seen it dozens of times when we're out yeah, in LA, but we have not stopped yet. And he, doesn't he have a coffee and donut shop also, or something like? I mean, it's just all I over the know. place. Yeah, <laughs> it's just funny to be driving and see his face. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> building because it's like, oh, there's Danny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's probably, I'm guessing, you know, because we hear all these stories. We uh, had Sam Medina on the show a while back, and he was talking about Danny Trejo. And, you know, you, you just picture this really mean, badass guy that's ready to kill yeah. you, but he's really like the nicest guy ever. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just so crazy. Yeah. And he apparently makes a mean taco. Who apparently. knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, okay. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. And much success for that. We hope it just knocks it out of the park in the, in the theaters and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's see what else. What, let's talk about a little bit about Jane Fonda and Robert Redford and what, what it was one, like yeah. to work with legends like that on, uh, the Netflix film. Uh, I mean, our souls at night, right? Um, yes. what kind of experience was, I mean, I can't even imagine the two of them one alone working with, but both of them, yeah, that had to like be something. crazy. It, it was just, it was a, you know, once in a lifetime experience. Exactly. <laughs> I bet. It, it really was. And I think one of the most amazing things is whenever you look up to people like, like Jane Fonda and Robert Redford for so many years and, you, you kind of have built up in your mind um, who they are and what they're about. And um, to get to m- meet them and talk to them and look at them face to face and, and work together, uh, it was transformative. I mean, it really was. It, it transformed me as an actor to, um, to a different level, if that, if that makes sense. It's just, it was awesome. And they were, they were so kind and um, generous and, just great people, just really gracious people. Awesome. Transformative. That's a great word. I can, I can imagine with just the experience alone, just yeah. learning from them uh, on the same set that, that, yeah, I can, I can only imagine uh, completely understandable but with what you say about what you were able to, how it changed you as an actor. Um, that's amazing. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, well, okay. So let's talk about that a little bit. Cause the industry is just, it's kind of changed and it's evolving almost on a daily basis. The way, the yeah. way that things are going on. Um, for example, the, the, the push to away from theaters and into streaming and digital and, uh, social mm-hmm. media and all of the, the kind of new aspects to the whole approach. Um, how have you found that as, as an, as an actress uh, to, 
to your approach, do you find that social media is indeed important for you? Do you do you approach it differently now with auditions, or are you worried about followers, or how how has that uh, kind of changed how you kind of go? Uh, honestly, I feel like social media is a necessary evil. Yes, <laughs> yes. agreed. You're not the first one to say that. Yeah. so you're not alone. Uh, it it is a key component to having an online presence, of course, and there are definitely some pros to it i i I love that um that people reach out and ask questions and you can be communicative communicative and i love it as a great way to support each other on on really fantastic things that people want to share in their lives i i just personally just struggle (laughs) with it a little bit because i think it could be just kind of the way I was raised, um, just at my core to, to have a little more humility than being like, look at me, I'm doing this, and, <laughs> right, and right. now I'm doing this, and yay, yay, yay. I, I just struggle with it a little bit. So um, it, it's fantastic, and it's a wonderful way to get to get your passions and your creativity and excitement out there for so many people. Um, it's just not my favorite personally. <laughs> well, and it's work. Um, I don't think people realize, you know, you're constantly worrying about content and yeah. what, what I need yeah. to put something out. I need to put something on there. And it, I can see where that's gotta be like extreme. You're working hard enough as an actor already, oh, you know, yes. and the thing, yeah. and then to have to worry about, did I post a video today? Did I say something today? I mean, it's gotta be stressful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would imagine. It is. I mean, it's it's just hard for to find the balance of what feels right. And I do think to each his own. You know, it's some people. It, it's it's wonderful. I, I mean, I even heard from a friend of mine whose whose uh, son was going through depression as as a high schooler, and um, some of the counselors had informed her and said, you know what, actually, social media is a great way for him to reach out because it. it it's helping him express himself and he gets support. And as long as, you know, you monitor it and make sure nobody's bashing him or doing, saying anything right. horrific, it's actually a positive thing. So, I mean, I think that there's so many different aspects to it. Um, and, I, and I think it's pretty cool how, how, how you can kind of reach anyone. It's just like there's no one who's unattainable when it comes to social media. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, two great points in, in that little stretch uh, there, it, it, I really think it's like a double-edged sword yeah. because, like you just mm-hmm. said, it can be a such a valuable tool to reach out and 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 reach people and talk to people and used in a positive way. But then, what on the other side of what you were talking about, where you have to be careful because you can use it to bully or abuse people because, like you said, you can yeah. reach anybody. And so, it's just one of those things you just, like you said, you have to balance and learn the good and the bad of it, and just kind of. Uh, but it, you're right. I mean, we've heard it from numerous guests. It's a necessary evil in today's entertainment <laughs> society. So, I mean, it is what it is. Absolutely. And then to your point about how there's so much streaming going on now and, and less movies that are actually in theaters, um, I I find it incredible because I feel like there's more content and there's more projects available and there's just more work to go around, and I think it's awesome. I, I love it whenever I stream a show on Netflix or something, and it is full of actors who I don't even recognize who are freaking amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. I just think it's incredible because um, I, I've been in different situations where people are so hungry for the work, 
and it can be an ugly scene sometimes. Yes. <laughs> a little bit, you know, and Absolutely. some actors could get totally cutthroat about things. And I do feel that the amount of content and resources that are out there, everyone's not fighting for the for the three networks, you know, that get on a show on just these one th- three of networks or just to get on this handful of shows. And right. There's so many different shows and so many ways to to view amazing content out there. I think it's awesome. Yeah, you're not going to get an argument from us on that. Yeah. We are in complete agreement. I think it's a great thing. And like you said, I think it's an opportunity for so much talent that's unseen and yeah. undiscovered. Yes. And because you see so much original right now in the in remakes and reboots and, and, and you know, sequels. And it's nice yeah. to see somewhere where you're seeing original content yeah. with, with raw talent and able to showcase it. So we agree with you 100% on that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, us too. So, all right. Well, let's talk about the other uh, biggie in the room in the entertainment industry these days. Uh, <laughs> the um, <laughs> the the Me Too movement. Um, and and how that's kind of changed the game, or has it for you? We've had several guests on who have shown kind of both sides of that movement, and it has affected them, or it hasn't affected them, and and their thought process. Does it has it changed the way you audition, or or when you get a role, how you approach, how you're going to be on set, or I mean, is it something that you've just haven't had to deal with yet, or how, how have you gone with that movement? Um, I haven't. Really, I haven't had direct experience with it on a set. That's good all. to hear. Good. I, I really have not had to deal with it in that sense. I mean, I think it's it is something that exists in every in every industry. Agreed. It's Agreed. Just uh, it's just the entertainment industry is on a spotlight. I, I <laughs> wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. It, it gets it, it's the one that it, that it gets broadcast everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm an older woman and I, I've definitely seen a trend of the way things have changed as far as the way that, that people can speak to each other in a work environment, regardless of whether it's, it's on a, on a film shoot or if it's a, at an office cubicle, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so overall, I think as, as a culture, um, this generation is definitely more cognizant and more aware uh, of of how to speak to people and um, and not be offensive. Um, as, as far as it, I've just haven't had any direct, uh, you know, anything directly affect me uh, per se with the Me Too movement. But I do know it's affected a lot, a lot of people. I one thing I think about it is. Um, there are two sides to every single story. Yes, and, um, and I think oftentimes we can get all caught up when we hear only one version of the truth. Right. Right. And, and I think that, um, that's whenever social media can be a freaking nightmare too. Mm-hmm. It, it's, we all have opinions and, 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 and we all have things that are important to us because we all have different life experiences, you know? Absolutely. Um, definitely. But you know, I, it's it's one of those topics that I've I've had people in my life who have had to deal with both sides of that story, and I know firsthand that there's two sides to to each and every story. I mean, there are some yes, freaking like crazy people who are taking advantage. And yeah, that's, 
that's not what For I'm sure. speaking about. I'm talking yeah. about all the middle ground people who sometimes get put on this in the spotlight that maybe is not not really where they should be. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 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 We uh, same way, and and you're not alone in that in that line of thinking. Again, we've had several people on the show already that the same way. You know, it's not condoning any way, like you said, the crazy people that are using it and taking advantage yeah. of people and doing horrible things. Mm-hmm. But there are two sides, and you're right. Sometimes we feel like you know people are being called out and not necessarily in a good way for something that they may or may not have done. And uh, you're right. Social media it seems like if you get there first, then everybody's going to believe that. And right. I mean. It, it's, yeah, it's a tough situation. Yeah, a lot of people just jump to straight to conclusions, and it's just not a good situation sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I value that everybody has their own emotional reaction to a lot of these true. statements that are mm-hmm. said. Of course, but I mean, you guys being coming from a journalism background, I, I, let me ask you: Sure, does it bother you sometimes how there are stories out there that do not have valid sources? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in oh, in so many so areas. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. we can't tell you before we left there some of the sources were coming from Facebook. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean it's because it, it's gotten that bad. Exactly, Logan. Exactly. I mean our news director would pull stories from Facebook. Yeah. Like like is this really where we're what? going with yeah. like what are we doing here? What we're we reporting on, yeah. Yeah, it it's it's interesting to say the very least, and yeah, in so many areas it bothers me where there's no re- reliable source and they're just running with it, yeah. and it, it's disturbing. Yeah. It really is disturbing. Um, <laughs> it's a great point. Absolutely great yeah. point. Um, so, oh, it bugs me so much. I mean, I pointed out to my kids all the time who – I have kids who I, I love it because they're all very involved and in everything that is going on in current affairs, and we have, like, family – discussions and arguments oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And things. awesome and it's i just try to point it out to them all the time well, where did you get that from right Who wrote that yeah <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> uh, we're the same way I, I have the same type of conversations with my daughter she's actually involved with the company and we're really tight every day together and everything but we have the same type discussions and my big thing with her is is like i could i value your opinion from wherever you're coming from but make sure that it's an educated opinion and exactly. that you can back up what you're saying exactly. like even if i yes. completely disagree with what you're saying if you yeah. can back it up with a valid point or a valid source, then I'm going to give you credit for that. Exactly. Even if Absolutely. I disagree with it. It's these people who you get and they say, you know, you ask them, but why do you think that? Why do you think that that's right? Because, but because <laughs> why? Or because such and such said yeah, so, and like, that drives me it. nuts. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. But what do you <laughs> think? Where did you get this opinion from? Like, oh, Yeah. It's crazy. You need to stay yeah. informed. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, this drastically changed yeah. course, didn't it? But that's okay. That's fun. <laughs> oh, we said it's our therapy session. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and by the way, I'm just going to go ahead and say um, that whole you're an older woman. No, because you're younger than me. And if you're an older woman, that would imply somehow I'm old. And that's just ridiculous. We're not old at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're young and we're going to stay that way, Audrey. Okay. Yes, we are. For some reason, I do feel like I'm still in my 20s. <laughs> me too. Me and I think this conversation is completely evident of that. We're having a good time. We're not, you know. Exactly. Every day I say the same thing. I'm still only like I'm celebrating.
celebrating my 20th something birthday for the 20th something time. I'm like, that's all right. <laughs> whatever you, you tell know. yourself. <laughs> yes, whatever I, I tell Although, myself. it's like a go visit my daughter at college and i start walking around i'm like oh wait a minute <laughs> yeah 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 same thing uh, my same thing with my kid it was she she just did that we did the whole oriented she's in her first year of college and yeah that was a, a oh eye-opening experience when you go back to the campus <laughs> no doubt for sure <laughs> oh my goodness so what you got coming up i mean uh a lot of work going on you i mean you bounce back and forth between film and television so what's on the horizon mm-hmm. for you um, well, what's next is a film called Walk, Ride, Rodeo, and it's going to be on Netflix. Awesome. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be out in the spring. I'm not real positive when that will be yet, but, um, that's kind of next on the agenda. And then a few other things that are in the works. So, um, both television and film related. So, um, also potentially a web series. Oh, soon. fantastic. So we'll there see. you go. We'll see kind of how everything pans out. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. Always, always. And, well, listen, uh, you know, anytime you want to come back and talk, and uh, obviously when, when things come out or whatever, I mean, open invite to come back on the show whenever yeah, you'd like. Um, and, and just talk. I mean, it's been a more than enjoyable conversation. Um, and yeah, just great. So definitely we want to have you back on when, when things come out and, and we can talk about it. Um, so more than welcome. And then yeah, uh, yeah. we always like to kind of follow up with and kind of finish with um, advice that you would give because we have a lot of listeners who listen to the podcast and they're trying to get into the industry and they kind of look for uh, advice from our guests and, and what they've what's worked and what hasn't. So what advice would you have for anybody trying to get in to do or not do, um, you know, trying to break into this industry? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and thank you. I would love to come back and talk with y'all. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I probably the most important thing I can stress to any anyone is not to try and be somebody else. Uh, just be yourself, and just just have faith that there is something out there that is for you and uniquely you, and will be perfect. Uh, I think along the years, me starting a little later into acting, I didn't struggle with it as much as I would see some younger actors and actresses trying to fit themselves and mold themselves into one role or another that they thought that they should be. And watching a lot of performers grow, I've watched many of them grow over the past 10 years who I've studied with and worked with in different ways. And they were good. But when you find yourself and you be yourself and you come alive as you within a character that's amazing. Yeah. And that's undeniable. And I think, um, especially in our youth sometimes with, with different insecurities and, and maybe not having a not full knowledge of things, we, we twin, tend to second guess ourselves. And I guess I just say, you know, trust yourself and know that you are enough and don't ever be afraid to show who you are. Absolutely. That fantastic advice. Fantastic advice. I, th- I think some of my favorite performers and, and are the ones who bring themselves into the role, like you said, and just be you. I mean, I think that's the best way to go, and that's outstanding advice. Well said. Well, thanks. Well, it's great chatting with you guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're excited. Great talk. Great talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go watch Big Kill. All right, take, take care. care now. Thanks. Uh huh. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
Wow. Wow. Yeah, awesome interview. Yeah, she was like really cool. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I like how she was talking about not, she went to school for this, but realizing it wasn't her passion, so she figured it out. That's what it's all about. Just that, don't give up. You have to figure out your life because at the end of the day, it's the only one you get. I mean, I I don't even know how to follow that up. That's perfectly said. Yeah. I mean, but how many, seriously though, how many people do you see stay trapped in a life mm-hmm. or a job and just stay or that in way. a relationship yeah. that they just, they won't get out of even yeah. though they know it's not what they want. Exactly. And, and so to, like you said, hear somebody say, yeah, this wasn't for me. It's not what yeah. I want to do and just exactly. go for it. And you especially know? after like taking a hiatus from just entertainment in general for 13 years and then coming back. Yeah. And awesome. being brave enough, you know, it's it's not always easy. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I can't stress this enough. You are never too old. It is never too late exactly. to start living the life exactly. you want to live. And even when you take thirteen years off, you can jump right in and say, exactly. "Boom, here it is." Easy you know, enough. and what you know, one of our uh, former guests, uh, Riley B. Smith. What a great what a great time he was. He said it best: if if you can't chase your passion or live your passion, then What's the point? What can you do? Like, and I mean, that about sums it up, right? Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, great guest. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming on. All right. Now it's time for the top five. This week, it is top five sports movies. Okay, ladies, I know it might have been a little hard for you, at least for little Cam. Uh, Was it hard for you, Tavia? Uh, no. <laughs> Just because I have two X chromosomes does not mean I'm I don't sorry. Like There's plenty I'm of great sorry. sports movies for both male, female, and other. I was just going off of her, what she was saying. But anyway, ladies first. Ladies first. Well, one of the ones I mentioned first is A League of Their Own, you which is a woman's sports movie. Thank you. You're going to punch me and in the face. And it's damn funny. It's damn good <laughs> oh. and damn funny. It, and is, it is good. This used to be my playground. It was a hell of a song by Madonna. Like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean... I don't really like Madonna that much. <laughs> Damn. Um, Damn. Anyway, I guess we never would Madonna on our show. Anyway, so uh, then um, <laughs> The Sandlot, which is another Oh, I forgot about oh, The Sandlot. Sandlot. I was mm. such an iconic movie for me growing up in the 90s, um, as was Space Jams. Ooh, There's another Space one Jam, on there. Yeah. And Happy Gilmore. Happy mm. Gilmore. Just go home! <laughs> But my favorite, favorite, favorite one, I don't really have the other ones in order, but this one is number one, is Remember the Titans. Yes. I think that's going to be on everybody's list. That one was such a such an epic. Little Hayden Pan Theory, you know? She was so young in that movie. I know. And feisty. And feisty. feisty. Man, she was feisty, yeah. All right. All right, Lil' Cam. All right, Lil' Cam. Woohoo! What's what's your two? I have three. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Minus two. I'm going to punch you in the face. Okay. It's 250,000. <laughs> That's the new anthem of the show. That's right. right? <laughs> Welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Yeah, I only, I only have face. three. And they're not in order, so they're just, okay. they're just okay. there. I had Happy Gilmore, too. And a League of, <laughs> and a league of Their Own. The price is wrong, yeah. bitch. <laughs> I mean, there's so many classic <laughs> lines in that movie. <laughs> All right, good. You had enough? Yeah. <laughs> Let me finish. All right. And then I had the blind spot. Mm. Oh, yeah. Blind spot's a good one. Blind spot. What's a blind spot? What's the blind spot? Never seen the, the Sandra spot? Bullock movie. That's the blind, blind side. side. I knew where he was going. Oh, yeah. oh, that's the, that's the blind side, side. not Look. the blind spot. That's her mic. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> now it's just assaulting really people. Apparently. You see, Em, I had you. I was trying. <laughs> I was trying to just go and say, yeah, that's a good one. Don't no, no. 
the blind spot coming out 2021. Yeah, like, <laughs> I did these last minute and I'm really tired. That's they the all knew what I meant. Logan's just a hater. Oh my That's right. God. Do your 10. All right, I will. 10. Uh, uh, whatever. Moneyball slash Cool Runnings. Mm. I love Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt and Moneyball and Cool Runnings is just no, it's so just cool freaking running. good. Yeah, mm. like, uh, Remember the Titans and A League of Their Own together. They're, those are freaking mm. phenomenal. Mm. Love and Basketball and Coach Carter because I'm from Indiana and love, mm. love basketball. Uh, Rudy, Indiana, Notre Dame. Woo, woo. And Rudy. the Hoosiers. Yeah, Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So good. So good. Sound man? I have Mighty Ducks. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah. I almost put that on mine. Emilio. Yeah, uh, yeah the flying. The flying V. The yeah. flying V. Come on. Um, I'll, I had cool runnings on here, but I'll change it out for uh, Major League. Mm-hmm. No, Major League. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Wow, dang. <laughs> White men can't jump. White man's a good jump. one too. I've heard there's a sequel. Really? I've heard that too. Rumor. But yeah, that's the rumor. Because what's his name's out of prison from Texas? <laughs> yeah, what's so. his name's out of prison? <laughs> Snipes needs the money, man. <laughs> <laughs> he can still jump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good one. Only can watch that once because it's so. Yeah. Mm. Space Jam. Space, Space Jam. Jam. Yeah. yeah. Space Jam. Happy Space Jam. Space Jam. All right. All right. All right, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to hit all the sports here. There well, you go. I mean a lot of them. Hockey, I'm gonna go with Miracle. There you of course, go. <laughs> got to have Miracle on there. 1980, beat the Russians. Yes, yeah. <laughs> beat the Russians. Yeah, uh, yeah. and then uh, I'm gonna go basketball. I agree, Hoosiers. Yeah. I mean, just a brilliant freaking basketball movie from start to finish. I'm gonna do boxing, and I'm gonna go Raging Bull. Nero, oh, man. I mean, none of the Rockies. Yeah, I mean, all of the Rockies and Creed. All but well, they wouldn't exist not without all Raging of the Bull. Rockies. You but know what that's mean? it's true. Rocky wouldn't. Yeah, it agreed. So Raging Bull, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna do um, baseball. I'm going with a little, a little curve, if you will. Trouble with the curve. Ooh. Clint Eastwood, and Amy Adams, and yeah, Justin Timberlake. Shit. I loved that movie. Yeah. I thought that was a really I great think movie. About that uh, you one. know, a behind the scenes of yeah, yeah. Moneyball, kind of the same. You know, yeah. the, like I just really, really, really like that. And then football, obviously, remember the Titans. Yeah. Or an honorable mention, any given Sunday. Any given. Oh Sunday. my yeah. gosh, yeah. such a good. Or movie, Friday Night man. Lights, like yeah. or Friday Night Lights, or Last Boy Scout, oh, even was pretty fun. So I mean, like, so there. But anyway, that's my top five. So. Yeah. All right. Word of the day. Got one. Baby legs. Baby legs. Or baby sticks. Baby sticks. Oh. Like blind spot. Yeah, like blind spot. (laughs) (laughs) You get a lot of baby licks if you don't get the you know cover the blind spot. (laughs) A a baby on a film set is a small set of tripod legs. They come in all shapes, sizes, all different forms. It's uh, just talking about the Baby legs for um, low angle shots. Yeah. yeah, nice. See, so you can mount nice. low and you nice. go look up on something. Yeah, yeah. Up. learning yeah. something. Little new baby legs every day. Yeah. Little baby, baby. Hell baby yeah, that's awesome. So like rosemary, like rosemary. Like, I thought I was no. I was thinking of uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah, Rick and Morty. There Detective Baby Legs. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's fucking. Makes me hilarious. think of uh, Deadpool, the second one. Oh, oh yes, that was. He's Winnie Pooh in it, or yeah. no, Donald yeah. Duck. What was it he was saying? Shirt cocking it. Yeah, shirt cocking it the whole way. Oh my gosh! Oh. All right, now it's time for the box office predictions. I just want to recap on last week because I basically got everything right. 
<laughs> yeah, no, he did nail like, it last year. Yeah, week. number one was Fantastic Beast. I predicted that. I predicted around sixty to seventy million. It got these are so hard predictions, though. Oh 62. man, so two million. The Grinch. I predicted it was going to be number two. It was number two. With I predicted around twenty-five to thirty million. It out predicted me with uh, thirty-eight million. So go see the Grinch. Benedict Cumberbatch um, brings in the yeah, numbers. That's yeah. strange. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was number three, like I said. Uh, um, yeah, me too. Uh, I predicted 15 to 20 million. It got 16 million. Instant Family got was number four. I predicted around 15 to 20 million. It was 14.5. Damn bitches. Wow. <laughs> and Widows was number five. I predicted uh, 10 to 15 million, and it got 12. Uh, 0.4 million. Hmm. So that's just thank you. I'm awesome. I'm fantastic. That's why they call me J Lo Fantastic. All right, let's talk about the new movies that are coming out this week uh, on this Thanksgiving. <laughs> you think you're gonna weekend. get away with that? It's all <laughs> <laughs> do that. Wow. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet. This one I think is gonna take the top spot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, I mean, it's Battle and Creed too this week. It, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's got it's ugh, it's gonna be close, man. The, the thing is, though, it's like honestly, Ralph breaks the internet stars everybody. Seriously, like I mean. It, I, I don't know if you guys have been like paying attention, but like literally yeah. everybody in Hollywood yeah, is in this film, yeah, like as seriously. some character. It's like crazy. Yeah, and I, apparently it's going to be like super pop culture, like going back into like the '90s and the '80s. It's yeah, it's well, be and great. it's got all the Disney princesses. Yeah, it's got oh, yeah. all the Marvel exactly. uh, characters. It's got yeah, it's going to be yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy, freaking epic. As it this, sounds awesome. Yeah. Pretty much take ABC's lineup and they have to grab all the actors. Right. Modern <laughs> family actors. I see Meet the Goldbergs actors. Yeah. Just here, get in and there. It has Alan Tunick to make sure he's in it. Yeah. It's got Ming Na Wen and uh, Gal Gadot. And Damn. Like, yeah. Just like, I mean, Jim I didn't Lynch. even know Gal was in there. Yeah. Uh, but movies that are already are still out. Uh, A Star is Born. Mm. Everybody should go see that. Oscar, Oscar. Buzz, like crazy. Uh, the Grinch, Bohemian Rhapsody, Overlord, which Tavia just saw. That shit was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> crazy. That's uh, intense. Like yeah. from the very first like scene. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Oh man. Billy Ray was on there on our show. So make sure to go listen to that interview. He yeah. is the writer. Correct? That's right. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, make sure to go listen to Billy Ray's interview. He talks about Overlord in there. So Oh, I forgot epic. it was done by J.J. Abrams, so yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a bad robot it, yeah. com- uh, production. Mm-hmm. And Which then, could soon be Disney. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Apple <laughs> or um, Netflix. The Netcracker Four Realms, uh, mm-hmm. the Fantastic Beast sequel is still out. Uh, with Pale Johnny. With Pale Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> He's got what family. you need. <laughs> He's got what you he need. He got what you need. Pale and Johnny. He got, he got, widows. He got what you need. Like I said, I think Ralph Breaks the Internet is number one with around 40, 45, 48 million. I think Creed 2 will come in number two with around 30 to 40 million. I think it's going to be close, though. Mm. It's gonna be, I think it's going to yeah. be close. People have been waiting on that one. Yeah. Uh, the Grinch, number three, with around 20 to 30 million. Number four, Fantastic Beast sequel with around 20 to 20 or, yeah, 20 to 25 million. And number five, Instant Family, the Mark Wahlberg flick. With around ten to fifteen million, which is underperforming. Yeah, which yeah, is. It's apparently it's underperforming. Yeah, and not didn't quite find the magic of yeah. Daddy's Home. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna. Man, well, I think that was supposed to be more feel I'm good. Really, I don't know if it's supposed to be a big really, numbers. Really, really pulling 
for Creed yeah. to take the top spot. Yeah. I, I, I am. Nothing against, you know, Ralph Rex the Internet. I think that's going to be a great film. It'll yeah. be entertaining and fun. But man, Creed 2 looks just like amazing. It Michael does. B. Jordan is just like, let him do whatever he wants. Seriously. Like, I mean, the first film was fantastic. Yeah. Ryan Coogler just did a brilliant job. Mm-hmm. And this one just. You know, and if you yeah, but which on one the, would you bring little ones to? And that's where the money comes in. Right I don't there. know, but I mean, especially for a family weekend. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is a lot of family no. time. This there's weekend. always good messages in the Rocky films, though. I mean, it's they true. are a little violent, it's but true. like Creed has a good message of overcoming and, yeah. and like being able to. And in this you one, know, he has like a family, right? Him and the girl got, got yeah, a baby they got a baby everything. coming and everything, and yeah. it's much. Anybody who's who's been a fan of the Rocky movies or grew up on the Rocky movies, I mean, that knows that this is a revisit of Drago. Yeah, you know. Drago's son has come back to right. take on, you know, and they go into the whole thing. I mean, I'm just a little interesting thing I read about this too is that um, apparently Stallone mm-hmm. basically drafted outlines and wrote the fight sequences and scenes. Yeah. But then, you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan said, and then, but the the new director because it's not Coogler this time said that he was responsible for doing all of the yeah. rest of it. But that Stallone did very actively take a part in yeah. the certain fight sequences or scenes where it was about that. That's epic. Which, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize he wrote Rocky. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, so he's not like a yeah. dumb guy by exactly. any means. Adrian. Yeah. 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 But anyway. I must break you. I must break you. I know, dude. And that they, dude looks huge. They show it again, too. The guy, the new Drago, is He's just like huge. towering over yeah. Michael B. But it's crazy. I like, mean, no way they'd be in the same weight class in real life. Like, no, 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 no way. No, no, no. Just saying. I, w- I mean, but much like Rocky Four, when which is the Drago one. Yeah. I mean, these two motherfuckers are like fucking real. Yeah, both of them. I mean, yeah. Michael B. looked like he's a brick wall. Yeah, like seriously. you could just run a car into him. He'd be like, and yeah. Like, yeah, like he's just... if you go back and like watch Parenthood, you're like, that's the same guy. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. Or, or the even little like the wire kid yeah. with the dreads on wire. Yeah. yeah it's like what? Because I mean, he is freaking. Yeah. Seriously. Look yeah, out, I Chadwick. Yeah. Man. Killmonger coming back for Black Panther, and this time it ain't ending good. God damn! I don't even need the serum, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I I can't wait to see honestly both of the new movies that are coming yeah, out. Yeah, me too. So we shall see. We and shall Bohemian. see. And Bohemian. And Bohemian. Still haven't seen that one. Goodness yeah. gracious! Oh, and the new commercial for Elton John, the Elton John uh, movie where he runs out onto yeah. the stage and he's all yeah. I mean, so much good so stuff coming out. Epic. Uh, let's switch it over to music. Uh, Billboard chart zappers, Hot 100, second time, uh, second week is. Thank you, next Ariana Grande's song. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, and top yeah. two hundred album is Kane Brown's Experiment. Uh, this is apparently a country artist, but I don't know. I've never listened to any of his music, so we shall see. Mm-hmm. I might I really, do a review on that. I think a lot of why Ariana's song is so popular is because everyone knows what she's going through. You yeah. know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. if there weren't the same context around it, and I'm not saying that it wouldn't still do well because she has a huge fan base right. and a lot of people love her music, but I think that's a big part of why people are paying so much attention to it right now. Yeah, agreed. Especially with all the like heartbreak she's going through with Pete right. and Mac, and like there's right. just a lot going it, on. It, I mean, she's like Michael B too. Like back in the day, like on what was it, Victorious or whatever, yes, little cat. cat. Did you ever see like that coming? I had the like, hugest crush on her. I mean. Mm. But that little that little high pitched, you know, little whiny voice, and then the first time you hear the song and they go, Oh yeah, that's cat from Victorious. Right. Get the uh, fuck out. No, it's no not. Way. Like it's just crazy, man. Yeah. Oh man. 
But anyway, guys, that is our show this week. Thank you for <laughs> listening along. Happy Thanksgiving, like we said. Make sure to follow us everywhere. Google. What am I doing? Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Crazy Ant Film Company, Twitter, Crazy Ant Films, Instagram, Crazy Ant underscore Ant underscore Films, and on YouTube, Crazy Ant Films. You can like and subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Give us some stars, comment, give us some feedback, because we yeah. like feedback. Rate. Yeah, yeah, rate. Do anything. As long as it's positive. If exactly. it's negative, we'll punch you in the face. <laughs> punch you in the face. Which is, will be next week's number one hit on Billboard. Yeah, right. Punch you in the face by I'm Latte. I'm punch you in the face. That one's not going on Vanilla Pudding. <laughs> no, no. Damn. That, that, that. Just mix the, miss right. the mixtape. Just yeah, miss yeah. it. Vanilla Pudding's her pop candy one. Right. This one's her gangster rap. You know, punch you in the face. Oh, my like, gosh. It, she's versatile, man. It she's is. versatile. And we have a website, crazyheadfilms.com. Currently under new design. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we're, we we're, are we're constructing it and making it look all sorts of better. Oh, yeah. But anyway, go check out all that shit. Like and subscribe. Follow <laughs> us. Stay crazy, my friends. And one more thing. Oh, Oprah! Oprah!